Hello, true believers, and welcome to Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. I'm Alan. I am Chewy. I'm Ian. And I'm Ryan. Welcome to issue number Fizzive. That's rap for five. I don't yeah. It's really? <laughs> comic really? book rap. Do you really just or say Fizzive? Do, do you want to? Okay. Welcome to Cinco. Issue Cinco. You had to count it out. Yeah. I don't issue to Cinco. Listen. Um, like Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Yeah. Except it's January or February. Yeah. Or that is so Cinco we're going to be racist as opposed to uh, religion based <laughs> Come on this now, time. Man, you got to just bring it up every time. <laughs> wow. Just say All it. Right. So, welcome to issue number five. Uh, welcome to Four Color Commentary. Uh, this is a show about comic books, comic books, as the industry professionals say. Comics. <laughs> um, so, uh, every week we, well, every two weeks actually, we get together and we talk about some comic related things. Uh, before we get into kind of the breakdown of the show, there's a couple ways you can reach out to the show if you like what we do. Um, so you can reach out to us by emailing us if you'd like, uh, using the old, uh, electronic mail. Uh, we have an email. It's fourcolorpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also are on the Twitter. That's the French for Twitter. Wow. Um, rap and French. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm multilingual <laughs> this, this episode. I like um, how rap is a language. <laughs> I was about to say, is rap a language now? Oh yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Uh, you can reach out to us at, at fourcolorpod, uh, on uh, Twitter. You can also give us a like on Facebook. Give us one of those big, cool thumbs up. Say, Hey, I like you guys. And like, I validate like you, like us. you. Yeah. You can like, like us. We'll you a note that says do you like our podcast yes, yes no, no maybe, maybe. <laughs> no we don't draw that the, they would write the maybe they would write yeah. The maybe yeah exactly. um so, that's how that works wow. <laughs> uh, so welcome guys uh so uh four color commentary we have a couple different segments on the show before we introduce those we want to introduce ourselves to you just in case we we treat this like marvel comics so we imagine that everybody's com- issue or whatever we want to call this episode is the first one so we'd like to go around the circle and kind of give a brief little blurb about each of us so we'll start with alan my name is Alan. I like a lot of different kinds of comics, but my focus is mainly on how the art looks in general. <laughs> I'm Chewy. Blood. Guts. Yay. <laughs> I'm Ian. I like superheroes mostly, but I kind of like a lot of comics, so I am hard-pressed for you to find something that I will not enjoy. Uh, I'm Ryan. I like stuff that's uh, kind of underground and not mainstream. I like comics as art, comics as literature, uh, science fiction, and... Uh, Kid-friendly stuff. That was, a, that was, that was, that was better. nice. That was I like that. I wrote a thing. That was kind of fancy. <laughs> I, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really like, I like it. Let's tell I like that. I really I like. Think we could prune it a little bit, but otherwise, it, it, it sounds good. Like it was like it was like it was different better. ones than you did last time too. I, I like we, your we, introduction we as art. That was good. As yeah. our introduction as art. So we have a couple different segments in the show. Actually, four. A couple would indicate two. We have four different segments in the show. Uh, we start every show off with Here's My Issue. What we do with that is each of us have brought a comic to share with uh, the rest of us. Um, we've all read our comics, and we kind of go through and discuss them. Uh, part number two of the show we have is First Prince. Uh, right now, we're still working through V for Vendetta. We've finished part two, uh, and we'll, I'm sure, have a lot of words to say about it. Um, part number three of the show we have is, let's see if I remember this, the four color character compendium, yeah, uh, where we kind of introduce folks to comic book characters, maybe some well known ones, maybe some ones you might have heard the name, but you're not kind of sure who they are. So we talk a little bit about who they are and maybe some recommendations from some of us if we really like the characters, maybe some comics to read. Uh, and we end as always on the back matter, just general comic book chatter. Uh, so without any further ado, if you guys are ready, let's jump into here's my issue. Jump in. So, oh yeah. Uh, oh as wait, Ryan's pointing to me. I have an announcement. 
Oh, yeah. Alan has an exciting... Before we jump into Here's My Issue, Alan has raised a giant flag. Uh, not really, but let's pretend that it's he red. did. It's, it's red. It's not a giant flag, but I did watch the first four episodes of Batman the Brave and the Bold uh-huh. of my own free will. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and did you, did you enjoy golf it? round of applause. And I, didn't li- I did not hate it. <laughs> okay. I was going to say I didn't like it. Uh, no, actually, it was really good. And yeah. uh, I'm not entirely sure if that's because of Batman or because of the other characters. Mm-hmm. However, I will say it's the first thing like Batman I've gone out of my way to watch specifically. Mm-hmm. And I was not completely... I liked it. Yeah. I'll, I will say that I like it and I plan on watching the rest. Um, so, yeah, I thought you guys would be proud of me. I am very proud of you. Alan, Broadening your horizons. You inspire me. Hey, Alan. I, I wore a green lantern t-shirt this week, Alan. <laughs> I saw I'm it. Pretty sure you've worn that more than once. I might have. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but Alan. Alan, Batman's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Apparently. guys. <laughs> Got that out of the way. Early. Oh, just don't <laughs> worry. Sure. Rip roaring excitement tonight. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving into here's my issue. So who drew the short straw this week? That'd be this guy. Yeah. That's what happens when you pick a book with two A's in the title. <laughs> you picked Aaron the book comics. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that's, we both that's went exactly for it. Yeah, what it was. Yeah. Y five. It's, I'm sure this wow. exists already, but there needs to be like a comic book called Action Aardvark. <laughs> oh yes, and it's just like an Aardvark. Hey, we just crazy. titled the episode. Thank I, you. I know an I, I know an artist who also writes uh, yeah. and has a web or can do web comics. I don't know. About I've his never style. drawn an Aardvark really before. I think it would be interesting. Action Aardvark by Alan. <laughs> Isn't there already a comic book with an Aardvark in it? I don't know. There's I'm one with a sure dinosaur in it. There's Arthur, if that's what you're thinking, like no, a cartoon. It's not at all what I'm thinking. I got to think about this. All right. So, so okay. you think about that, we should jump into it. So issue. unfortunately, I did not bring Action Aardvark. Uh, if any of you were listening last Damn. week, I actually brought a book about zombies with America's Yay. favorite teens, the Archie Gang. So I brought Afterlife Woo. with Archie. Um, it is uh, issue number one, a story by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. And I was reading, he actually has written a lot of different stuff. He's done a lot of adaptations. He recently just did the adaptation for, um, I think, Carrie, the movie, the new one that came out. Oh, okay. But he's written a few different things. Um, and artwork also by Francisco mm. uh, Francavilla. Actually, he actually, I believe, worked with, uh, you would appreciate this, Chewy, uh, with Scott Snyder and Josh on uh, some covers I think for uh, their run on Detective Comics together Scott Snyder? Yeah French, oh, the French I love Scott Snyder Villa is like I, I love his work. Yes, it's very um, uh, yeah, kind of old school. I mean, you could tell by the art in the in the op- and like at least at least on the cover of this book, which by the way uh, is this is this this one is the official uh, cover. There's uh, so many variant covers. Yeah, I, to gave, this, I gave them a yeah. copy with a lot of variant but, covers. Um, they're all they're all awesome. They are pretty cool. So um, just to kind of give you a brief summary of the issue, uh, it is the Archie gang. If you guys don't know, Archie Jughead. Uh, do yourself, we'll, we'll, we can pause the podcast right now, do a little Archie, re- Archie research and come back. Seriously, if you've <laughs> never like waited in line at the grocery store, you should know who Archie is. Yes. We'll, we'll give you five seconds to do some research. And Betty and Veronica. Okay, thanks for coming back. Um, so uh, now that you know about Archie, let's talk about this comic book specifically. Um, it involves Jughead running to another character in the Archie universe, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh my God, yeah. Okay. That, <laughs> was, yeah. that was All so right, funny. We'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, and uh, he's bringing his dead dog, Hot Dog, to her because he uh, has, has been hit by a truck. So they try to bring it back to life. They end up getting the Necronomicon and turning <laughs> Hot Dog accidentally. Jughead and the Necronomicon. Yeah, they accidentally turn. Turn, turn hot dog into a uh, into a, a zombie an uh, undead 
An undead. An undead. Yeah, undead. An undead dog. They don't really officially use the word zombie they in use here. the Zed word. Yeah, they don't. Okay. <laughs> the Zed word? Come on, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Oh, okay. So, uh, and then uh, all heck breaks loose because Jughead <laughs> gets bit and uh, insanity ensues. But enough about me gabbing about it. I want to hear what you guys thought. I really like the book. I like the artwork of it. I like the story because I thought it was kind of something different. There's a lot of these Archie tie-ins, but uh, my favorite, other one favorite being uh, Archie meets the Punisher, wherever the Punisher yes. comes. Yes. <laughs> And he thinks Archie is a drug dealer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's sent there to punish him. Yeah, exactly. But um, this oh, one I thought was interesting. Uh, it, it, yeah. So I want to hear what you guys have to say, though, before I gab on any more about it. I was really uh, not. I, I was surprised by the whole Sabrina thing because yeah. they were talking about the it was between Riverdale and Greendale. Right. Mm-hmm. And then on the edge is uh, and then you, you, you see him walk up to the door and it says Spellman. And I'm just like. Wait, I'm pretty sure Sabrina is in the Archie universe, and yes, then is. you see yeah, who it is, and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding!" <laughs> that, that was the moment I knew that I was going to bring this book. I'm like, "They're tying in." Sab- I'm like, "How are they going to just do yeah. zombies? Was some zombie going to walk in?" No, it was they tie in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I enjoyed. Yeah, that was honestly probably my favorite part of the book. Um, the <laughs> art is the art is really good because you know I introduced myself as an art guy, but um, I really like the kind of noirish. Um, old school art that goes with yeah. this um, but pulpy. it still looks re- yeah it's pulpy but it looks polished mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's not like grainy and weird lines it looks very polished um i also like how sabrina gets taken to what is the what is the place they take her to for using the necronomicon like as punishment uh, like the punishment zone or something yeah uh, oh yeah when, a her, year, when, when her aunts turn into giant evil flying witches like a year of silent movie. reflection and atonement in the nether realm away from the yes. mortal world under constant supervision see this is all music to my ears it's just like <laughs> so metal so what is, and I, i've started reading issue number two on this it's like i think it's gonna be a six issue miniseries either five to six issues mm-hmm. but um basically what they've done here is set the one person who can set it straight straight yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah, i saw that and i was like i was like no she fix she fix <laughs> she fix <laughs> no i i i gotta tell you dude like when people kept telling me about it i saw it, i'm like oh that's kind of funny but like i'm like it's it's an archie comic like it i kind of thought that like How okay it's gonna be like a, possibly be i was like <laughs> okay a zombie's gonna come there and they're gonna run from the zombie and like that that's it you know it's it's pretty much done that's how it was in my head and then i was like okay now i have to read it mm-hmm. very first page it's just black with blood dripping down. It says, this is how the end of the world begins. I, I'm knew, like, that oh. I knew that would appeal to you. <laughs> I just knew it. But um, I'm not going to lie, dude. After a few pages of this, I, I absolutely fell in love with the book. Like I, <laughs> To the point where we were comic book shopping today, and I was like looking. I'm like, can I find this? I need, I need more of <laughs> it. Where's the second issue? Because you kept asking. You were like, where is it? I need to find it. I need to find it. Yeah, it was... Um, no, I, I loved it. And yeah, I, at first I was a little confused. And I was like, that seems like Sabrina Teenage Witch. But my knowledge on Sabrina is not like up up to like, you know, I, I, I haven't watched Sabrina in a while. Is Melissa Joan Hart in this book? Yeah. <laughs> but um, well, the she, cat who don't worry, wise. she'll explain it all. But, <laughs> Boom. but wow. I, I did like how they, um, I feel, I mean, I've never read an Archie comic before this, yeah, yeah. but I feel like they did kind of stay true to that with the way the characters interacted. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you do have a lot of those puns coming in and stuff like that, you know, where it's like, oh man, you know, couldn't you just die about it? You know, and stuff like that. Like just little quips like that. I'm like, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, they did do a good job of um, keeping Archie, Archie and Jughead, Jughead. And mm-hmm. uh, 
the whole Betty and Veronica thing got a little, like, a little more. There was some some risque jokes. It got there, so, for it sure. got but, tweaked a little bit. I feel yeah. like, but just to match the tone, just it wasn't overdone. <laughs> So yeah. it, it did that thing that I like where it keeps the core the same and then it kind of just turns it up to 11 a little bit, you know, like one more notch. I also uh, enjoyed how they made Reggie a murderer. Oh, I <laughs> know. And he's murderer. just like, just leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to talk about how he hit Jughead's dog. Have you I heard took it to him? some next level stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> I ran over a dog on accident. Uh, I have a confession to make. Yes. Yes. I love Archie comics. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. I just, there's something about I mean, I'm not like I'm not like buying the double digest at at the, the <laughs> newsstand. Every... You'll, you'll pick it up and peruse it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I'll, I'll look through it. No, I mean it's just like it, it's. I I grew up like most of the comics I got started with were newspaper comics, and it's very similar to that in a lot of ways. Like and I really like any. sort of just like slice of life comics and Richie comics Rich. where just stuff happens, and you know, it's not like. <laughs> People getting their guts punched out or whatever. So that being said, this is a horrible bastardization. Yeah. No, that of everything being said, <laughs> this is fantastic because it sort of takes. And I also love when things take a like a a standard format and then flip it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love the the episodes of the X Files where they're like the episodes that don't fo- focus on Mulder and Scully, or the episodes where they, you know, they, it's it's something wacky, it's something strange. So this is this is kind of like one of those. Is um, and so I just I really really like it. I. I always been a sort of a strangely big fan of Archie and stuff, but I never, I don't like own any Archie books or like talk to anybody about it, but I really like the Archie stuff. And it's funny that you're saying that about, oh, they're kind of risque jokes, but there's always been sort of those risque jokes, like right yeah. in the background. Like if you yeah, ever, is, you like know. Dan DiCarlo, who did the original designs that everybody recognizes for Archie and Betty and Veronica and stuff like that. Like, when he wasn't drawing Archie comic books, he was drawing like pinup girls. Like that was his thing. <laughs> that was his stock and trade. And the thing is all the nice. pinup girls look exactly like Betty and Veronica. It's like, <laughs> if you nice. ever find uh there's a, um, who was it? Joe Siegel who created Superman. Mm-hmm. He did a whole bunch of pinup stuff and all of it looks just like Lois Lane. And it's like really <laughs> weird to see. Yeah, but I, it, um, it's like reminds me of that. Have you seen that Bruce Tim book where yeah. they have Bruce Tim mm-hmm. art, where it's like Bruce Tim draws like naked versions of like the the you know Batman animated <laughs> oh, series characters. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like this is for adults. Now they don't say it's Batgirl, but the girl looks just she's like redhead. Yeah, she's a redhead. But she's Batgirl. Yeah, it's Batgirl. Um, but yeah, um, I did I did like the running dialogue between the two dudes in like the cafeteria where I, when you first oh, see them, they're, like, oh, they're yeah. like no, like nightmare. You know, it's like no Halloween, and they're like going at it, and then later at the dance. They're still having the conversation, but they're like, you know, I have to give it to you. Like, you know, Halloween was good. You know, they're, they're like, they found some common ground and you're like, oh, okay. They worked it out. I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not l- worried about them anymore. Um, okay. So now that we're done with this, it's my turn. Uh, I didn't like it. Like straight really? up. Yeah. Really? No, not, not like it was bad. Like I didn't like it. Like, oh, this was terrible for this certain reason. It was just. You know that list of things that I don't like that everybody else seems to absolutely love? Zombies uh, is on that list. Zombies. 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 I, I know, I know. I, I, I was, was going to try to ask you to look past the zombies on no, this I, one. No, and, and it's, you know, I, I like it as a book. It, it was entertaining, and I love the Sabrina reference, and I love the art, and um, uh, I like the pacing. It had really good pacing. Yeah. I don't think I would read a second issue just because from this point on, it just turns into another zombie book. You know, someone's going to get bitten or does and it? then people are going to end up running and then another person gets bitten and then slowly the dominoes fall until blah, blah, blah. Um, I would like to see the last issue just to see how it all wraps up. That would be <laughs> yeah. nice. Okay. See who's still alive at the exactly. end. Exactly. But at the same time, I feel like Chewy, what you were talking about, yeah. um, 
you know, it being like a zombie book, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, yeah. It's the same reason, the reason you like it is the same reason that I don't like it. Yeah. Just because just you don't, you're not a zombie story guy. It's a zombie story. Yeah. And it's got, it's got different characters, but essentially yeah. it's still a zombie story. I was hoping for you really that you would like the art style because oh, I yeah. love the, the color palette that's used. Oh yeah, the it's colors like, are fantastic. It, it is, it is, I mean, the setting is it's at Halloween, of course, it has to be. Yeah. Um, but the, the color palette matches that exactly. It's like purples, blacks, oranges, uh, orangey, uh, even, if, even things that are off color. Oh yeah, a lot of purple. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's even really, the blues are, that that kind of color the yellows are almost even kind of orangey as well yeah i like it because it's a really limited color palette he doesn't do a lot of gradients and stuff like that there's Mm -hmm. like maybe two or three different great you know different hues of the purple and like you know a couple of a lighter and a darker shade of the red and stuff like that and so um the colors and i want to look up who did the colors on this book the colors keep it um sort of horror movie it's very kind of lurid the way the color charts a lot of black and then a lot of just like subdued colors with like a red or subdued colored with like an orange and mm-hmm. it's uh it, it really pops and it makes the art look i think even better it's very much i mean it really has that look of a b-horror movie that's and i think if from the cover onward that's what they try to go for i think in the whole issue and that's really what drew i mean i thought it was funny like okay zombies and archie are like some sort of horror thing with archie that's awesome i mean he's met kiss he's met oh the other thing that the writer on this worked yeah, on yeah. he met glee he works on <laughs> really glee <laughs> he yeah. met nice. glee kids oh wow uh, and so i i just thought Anything it was interesting archie can cross over i think he has Oh yeah, they they will do it. They will do it. Um, uh, so Francesco Francavilla did yes. all of the art. Uh, so not yes. just not just pencils, not yes. just inks. He did the colors yes. as well. So yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I absolutely adored the art because yeah. I was like, uh, okay, it's going to look like the Archie characters, which I was surprised to open it up and see they had a different art style. It wasn't the Archie yeah. style. I yeah. thought maybe just for the cover they did that, but I guess not. Uh, it was it was awesome. Uh, it was it really well paced. It was a fast read. My only frustration was with it, or my only frustration with it was that I, I tried to read it, like, or read part of it on a break at work, and I didn't have <laughs> enough time to finish it. So, like, when I got to like where I had to go back to work, I was like, "No, I want to." Uh. <laughs> well, so I'd say read it. Does anybody have any final thoughts before we move on? I mean, yeah, it is a zombie book. I I, I understand kind of where you're coming from, Alan, about yeah. that. Uh, I I thought it's in a way it's a different zombie book than. Than even like some of the Marvel zombies and stuff like that, because you know yeah. it's just going to be everybody killing everybody else. But I mean, it's the Archie characters, and I will, I will reserve the yeah. the opinion. I will reserve a little spot in in my uh, in my brain uh, that will if if it does something different, then I will totally give it credit for that. I'm yeah. not saying like you know. Uh, is the second issue out yet? Yeah, it's actually up to yeah. issue three right now. Okay, yeah. so in the next two issues, if I were going to read them. Um, which I probably won't, but if I were going to, and something <laughs> happens, and it's different, and it's cool, and I like it, I will, I will, you know, forfeit my opinion and go. All right, I'm on the wagon. Let's tell you this. what, I'll shove them into your hands, and I'll, I'll, I'll read them first, and I'll let you know if it's any different or if it's what you're expecting. I'll I feel like that. I feel yes. like Zombie Jughead could just get into some sort of like zombie shenanigans. <laughs> you know? Like he ends up in, in some like zombie cheese and just like eating all of the meat, and he's sitting yeah. there with like a huge belly after. Because Jughead does that after he eats a big <laughs> you've, sandwich. You've placed the kids who, even though there are some characters in the universe who talk about horror movies, you place the kids who have arguably never seen anything over a PG rating in their life yeah. into a <laughs> Rated R zombie yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So here's, fantastic. here's one of the things I really liked about the book. The more I think about it is because I've never read an RG book or anything like that, you know, it just never visually appealed to me. And I'm like, Oh, that doesn't seem like the type of book or story that I'm interested in. Um, I don't really know much about the characters. Like I knew some of the names, but I really don't know much about it other than 
Archie's the main guy. Jughead is his friend, and then yeah, I th- and you know you, you have uh, is it Veronica? Betty and Veronica? Yeah, yeah. okay, fighting over Archie. Yeah. And, and like Jughead I, sort of is a mischief maker. Yeah, I I kind of gather that here uh, and there, but I never Jughead's really like knew you, it. And I'm like Archie. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's not <laughs> egotistical no, at all. But yeah. anyways, well, no, he's po- a mischief maker. The point being and that um, <laughs> even though that like I feel like anybody who doesn't read Archie can pick this up and like have a good read. But at the same yeah. time, it's not like in a sense of just like, Oh, well it's just a, you know, a, a, another zombie story with these characters in it. And that's for those, for that fan base. Like I feel like I got to know those characters with the short little bits and intro- they did a really good job at writing their dialogue so that you know exactly who each character is. So even if you've never read an Archie book, you feel familiar with those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. No, um, it does a really good job of setting that up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's leave the wonderful zombie now filled world of Riverdale and move on to what I was surprised <laughs> is a book that is far more heinous and terrible and crazy than mine. <laughs> Should you tell us about your book that you brought this week? So I chose a book called Bedlam. It takes place in the wonderful city of Bedlam. <laughs> Um, Why would you name a city that? Oh. Because it's, it's Why would you name crazy. a city Gotham? So, because <laughs> yeah, it was named after a person. Well, did you just out Batman me right now? <laughs> I mean, historically, <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> really? Because after I said that, I'm like, please don't be wrong. Please don't be wrong. <laughs> I don't think it is that. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do some research. We, we on can that do some. I, I, I have Gotham. history for that later. Call New York, um, Gotham City. So, book written by Nick Spencer and art by Riley Rosmo. Uh, forgive me if I mispronounce that. Um, in short, what it is, is you kind of get introduced to the exploits of a madman. Um, you kind of see something, you realize it's something that happened in the past. It kind of sets it up right there in the beginning, 10 years ago. You see these horrific scenes. And then you're taken to the present day and you're kind of linked to this mystery as to, you know, how does this madman um, in the comic uh, Matter Red, who is the main, you know, bad baddie there, um, how is he linked to the main character that you are following um, in, in the beginning part of the book that in the present you know, a day. So you're kind of figuring out what exactly is the link. There's a lot of clues. Oh, well, it looks like this, but it kind of jumps around a little bit and you're, there's a lot of questions there, but, um, you see how it just, it, it, it's a lot of setup. I'm not going to lie. Once you start reading the rest of the series, it, it's, I, it's one of my favorite books, but I want to hear what you guys had to say about it. I was incredibly surprised by this book. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> In which way and why and how? Tell me. I really liked it. Like Yay. in a in a weird psychotic way. Um <laughs> so for those of you not in the loop, uh the first couple oh. you know, first fifteen, twenty pages. Let's be clear. Once again, this is not a book for the low ones no, or the weak at heart. No. I was, neither, neither was Archie really, but this even takes it worse. Oh yeah. I yeah. was just about to mention how he um matter red, M A D D E R red, the color. Um he's introduced by uh, he's holed up in a in an opera uh house and then Oh, good lord! That's a stuffed matter red. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I had to interrupt you. I found this. I brought a little guest here. I that have is, a stuffed matter red we'll here that I found. We'll online. take a picture and put it on. That is frightening. But anyways, you have the matter red, so you have the floor. <laughs> um, so he, you're introduced to this character. He's uh, got a bunch of hostages, supposedly in an opera house. Turns out he's just wasted them all. Like they're all dead in their chairs. 
women and children like almost no men in the scene at and, all and with the, the exception orchestra from what i uh, yeah well. with the exception of the orchestra it's all women and children yeah. and it's just it's gruesome but from that you get this okay so we were talking um if you've listened to our previous episodes you'll know we were talking about um dark knight returns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh the joker in the dark knight returns being you know insane Matter Red is the Joker on steroids. Oh, yeah. Like stupid, crazy steroids. But, like, (laughs) not going to lie, the very first time I read this book, the voice I started to hear in my head as I read Matter Red was. No, not just voices. I started started to hear in my head was telling me to do things. Telling me, these are good ideas in this book. You should do this. But I kind of heard as Matter Red was kind of a modified Joker. Mine too. But since then, it, it still has similarities, but has differentiated. Um, so yeah, um, he's a total psychopath, uh, no remorse at all, apparently. And he has a death wish also, apparently the other character you're introduced to is they allude to him called is the first. Yes. The first, which is a superhero esque Mothman looking thing. Um, Mm -hmm. he's like a, he's got like a cyber suit with a cape. Um, First of all, Matter Red has probably one of the coolest character designs I've ever seen. Yes. Um, I, I love the way he looks, dude. Simplistic, but terrifying Uh, exactly and that mask and like it just looks so it's uh, like i have to i have to gush about the art in this book that was the other thing that came in right away this very black and white with the exception of a lot of red um was black and white with red uh like thin pencil style like um just so like these very thin lines and you can tell that it it looks sketched like if you saw like an artist's Mm -hmm. sketchbook that's what it looks like here's part of what works what, what i'm noticing because I have oh thank you I have the talking matter red, um, uh, what what I amigurumi. what I what's up that's what it is it's a amigurumi amigurumi is that how you pronounce that correctly is that it's, it's, it's a conch no, it's, it's a it's, it's a conch it's a Japanese for like a like a like talking a stick stuffed animal oh cool yeah. yeah I got a pretty good deal on it but um I was sitting in the comic book store we go to for a long time and she just finally asked I was just day, like, can I buy how, it how much is that like the owner was there and he's like. I'll sell, sell it for to. twenty bucks. It's like all right. He yeah. looks like he looks like a really obscure little big planet DLC. Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, anyways, sorry. <laughs> we'll send you a picture. So, we'll show you guys a picture of what it looks like. The um the art. Here's what I'm realizing is um without even knowing it because I mean there's definitely a style to it and there's definitely like I've seen other books and I'm like oh that looks like it's done by Riley Rosmo and and they are but more recently I've picked up just a few random books on like the cover alone or like the art inside alone just randomly that didn't look like this and it turns out it's Riley Rosmo so I feel like oh, yeah. uh, unbeknownst to me he's becoming one of my favorite artists um but I will pass this along to anyone else that has anything you were kind of in the middle talking something I don't know if we want to switch it over That's to Ryan fine, right, here oh okay Hi, little guy. So, Ryan, what um, was your opinion? On no. We're actually going to do this. I don't think this is going to work out in the long run. No, <laughs> no I don't think so. No. Just for, the, like for this particular Please don't tell me. Please don't tell me you held your child like um, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was uh, a right. book. So, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I missed yes. the 10 years ago part, and I was okay. like, which one of these things is happening right now? Oh, okay. oh, there was a 10 years ago part? Yeah, at yeah, the, it's the very right top at the beginning, left all, uh, Basically, all the black and white and red part is 10 years ago, oh, yes. and the part that's in full color is happening now. Derp. And like putting the story into context with, with that that you just mentioned, I'm like, oh, it makes a lot more sense. Now I kind of understand like what happened and why this is you know, interesting and stuff like that. But um, So the book's super extra violent sort of yeah and <laughs> which 
which we know Ryan loves. Well, super yes, extra like violence. my favorite thing. <laughs> uh, but but I'm gonna but putting that aside, um, the story was really interesting, like uh, in the in the sense that it, it's it was it's similar in a way, or there's at least part of it similar to. Um, Batman the Dark Knight, where the bad guy is kidnapped by police or, you know, captured by police. And he like kind of wants to be there more than they want him to be there. Yeah. Um, so that was similar, but, but sort of just sort of figuring it out. And there was a lot of, I had a lot of questions and I was really curious and, and, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's the sign of a good comic book when you read it and you're drawn into the story and, and you're, you're curious to know answers. what's going to happen and, and how these two tie together and stuff like that. So in that sense, it was, it was successful with me. I liked it. Um, yeah, I, I thought the art was really, really good. I really like the the black and and zipatone and red. Oh yeah, um, parts and then the full color parts were were great because it's a very like clear immediate delineation between like which I didn't realize until right now the previous story and mm-hmm. then the now story. Like yeah. it's 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 immediate. You can immediately tell kind of what's going on, but you're not sacrificing anything by you know. It's not like it's two different color palettes or anything like that. It's just two completely different styles. Um, well, I think that this is one of those books that requires more than one read through. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like read it once and then sit on it for, you know, an hour or two, maybe a day and then go back and read it again. I think the first time after I read it, the first time I, I went back and read it front to back a couple more times just because I wanted to make sure I kind of got everything. Um, one of my favorite parts is arguably the most violent part in the book. And it's the part where I was just like, okay, I'm reading the right type of book. It's where he's holding a little girl hostage. Um, he has a scalpel or what looks like a little scalpel to uh, her neck. But, you know, he's there arguing with like the first and it's like the whole like, I've got her hostage. What are you going to do? It's it's a typical scene you see like in any other yeah, you know, superhero, it can be Batman yeah. super villain, yeah. you know, it, it's like that. But the difference is, is he's just like, well, I don't care. This isn't a bargaining chip for me. And he just goes ahead and does a slit. Now, here's the thing where he kills a child. You would expect that to be this, like, you know, blood gushing, splash page, this, that. Nope. One little thin panel at the very bottom of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I mean, you could tell there's a little cut there, but it, it's a very small one. And I'm just like, that's cool because that almost makes it a little bit more disturbing in a sense because you're used to it, like, being like, well, here's the part yeah, where it goes very over the top. About it. They're like, oh, yeah, you killed another kid. Exactly. Yeah. So, and it, that's, and that's yeah. why I think that the, the violence, although morally like ridiculous um, is not gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous. It's, it's there as a plot device to show you how crazy this guy is and how, you know, irreverent he is for human life. And that's not, and it it takes away from that um, a sense of morality that you then carry on into the present day parts, you know? So like Mm -hmm. this all happened 10 years ago and the character in the present day parts apparently is or is related to spoiler alert matter red uh who's supposed to be dead um it it kind of like how how do you go from something like that to 10 years later and then where do you go from there Mm -hmm. um that's which brings me to the other thing i really liked about this book and probably besides the art brought me around on it is the writing not not like the plot but the actual words that are used in the dialogue the dialogue itself in in succession like when the um when the uh, the representative or what is it the mayor or something like that is talking mm-hmm. the um, the lady or the man the man the councilman the councilman yeah. when the councilman is talking he gives the whole like oh we're stronger together speech but like with the panels representing it and the words that he's using like for me that was that was part of the art just putting those words together oh, yeah. and making it mm-hmm. like 
sing like that. I, I really dug that. And I know Ian's being a little quiet. I mean, I, I made him read this book a long time ago. So, yeah, I've been surprisingly silent because um, I have not only read this issue, but I am entirely up to date on this book. Every second a new issue comes out, I continue to read it. I... When I first saw it, I was like, "Okay, are we just gonna is this gonna be a horror comic? What is it?" The second, and I, I, I it, the second it sold me because I asked you, I was like, "What is it? A horror comic or a superhero comic? What is it?" He's like, "You'll see." So I read the first issue, and the second that the first comes through the ceiling, I'm like, "Okay, it's a superhero comic, sort of." So yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I, I get it. I, I like this. And Ryan, to something that you would actually like and make you want to continue reading it, it doesn't necessarily, and I will say this, it doesn't necessarily always revolve around like matter, matter red, like mm-hmm. every single issue being like, oh, like are, who are they going to find out who it is, or is this him, or what it is? He, uh, not to spoil it, but spoiler alert, you yeah. guys, if you guys do want to keep reading, it he, doesn't necessarily revolve around what no. appears to be one of the two main characters. Yes. Like it, there's, you see the first, you see matter red, and they de- they're prevalent throughout yes. the series, but Correct. it's not like you're not following them. There's a no. little bit of a feel like if this is a Batman book, it, it's almost like you're along. You know, you're you're there with Bullock and uh, Gordon. Yeah, you know well, I mean? it, it, let's put it this way. Imagine if, and I'm going to assume, the way I read it and the way I've read it is I assume that this guy was matter red and has been cured in some way. So imagine if they, and I'll, I'll put it this way. Imagine if they cured the Joker and then at some point had him start working with LaGuerta to solve mysteries. Mm. That's kind of a point where this book goes. There's that's a, kind of the point move, that this book forward, takes like three or four you issues in mm-hmm. after kind of this, the kind of set the stage a little bit. There is a fantastic. That's the part. There's actually a part in one of the later books that kind of this is disturbing to me. Every issue is disturbing to me a little bit more <laughs> than the last one. But in like a way, I'm just like. I wish, and for lack of a better word, I wish I had the balls to write a comic like this and be like, "Yeah, hi, mom. I wrote this book." Like, I go up my mother should be like, "Hey, Ian, are you are you um? What, so how's the comic book writing going? Oh, it's it's going well. I wrote this book where you know we slit a child's throat and it's going well. Hey, is that a roast roast you have in the oven? That smells delicious. Well, um, but no. But that being said, I I absolutely I've been really silent because I absolutely love this book. I stay up to date with it because this guy turned me on to it. If it wasn't for Chewy going in a comic book shop and saying, "Hey, that's a neat cover." And that um, that was literally when um I I went with you, Ryan, and actually uh, <laughs> your daughter was there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't. So you bought this. also Haunt that day, so you picked yeah. one good comic. It I wasn't. Think. Um, <laughs> it wasn't this actual uh, book. It wasn't the first one. It was uh-huh. like the fourth one. I was like, "That's a cool looking cover," and I saw it was actually free on Comicsology, mm-hmm. so uh, that's where I gave it a read and you know but yeah i to speak to your point alan about the dialogue and stuff i like when we first kind of see Fillmore interacting with the outside world and he goes to buy that like burner phone and yeah. you know the guy's like what what kind of phone do you want he's like um well he's like well how many minutes do you want he's like well not not too many i guess i need like enough you know the way it's just written perfectly to where you kind of get the sense that he's just like he doesn't know what to say. He's very unsure of himself. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind of get that feeling like you know what you want to say, but you just know that you can't say it or something like that. I don't know. There's something yeah. off about him, like yeah. a like a really off, like Cillian Murphy or and something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, told, I mean, it's funny because you were talking about like, what if they made this in a movie? Who'd you cast? Cillian Murphy. Like, I like Cillian Murphy. I'm like, yeah. I could see Cillian Murphy doing this. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, that would be I, really I actually, I like that part where he's like trying to pay for it. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, how about this one? It's really shiny. And the guy's like, no, that's a dime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, he, he's, oh, he's, so he's like, is this enough? And he's like, uh, he's like, how about this one? He's like, that's a dime, but it's a shiny dime. Yeah. And that's the great thing about this is even so far in the books, at least from what I've read, I mean, I had a new issue come out as of us recording this um, about a day ago, but 
they really haven't, they don't really give you 100% as like saying, yep, that's him. They, they kind of allude to things and like you're saying, is like that's related what I'm to them. Yeah. And they, they allude to a lot of it, but I don't remember them specifically saying 100%. Yeah. This is him. They allude to it. Now, the, the one big mystery that I still have too, that I'm like, I thought I had it solved, but I don't know. The stuff with the doctor. Mm-hmm. It was creepy. The good doctor. You know, mm-hmm. you're, to me at least, and again, you know, I've read further into it and I'm like, did that happen in the past? Is it in his head? Did it actually happen? Like, yeah. what, what? At first, I thought he was personification of death, to be honest. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I thought at first, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot, and even in the next issues going forward, uh, although in the more recent ones, we haven't seen him in quite a bit. Um, but uh, in, the, in the first couple issues, you see him quite a few times. But um, that being said... Um, uh, I, I mean, I just wanted to... I don't know. Um, I mean, like it's, it's a good book, and it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm curious to know like more of the story and stuff yeah. like that. But it's just... Yeah, I don't know the the, the old ultra violence just kind of <laughs> it's it's and it's not that I don't like violent books you know like yeah. look at the thing in the book I brought last time with uh, with Jonah Hex and stuff yeah, like that yeah. there was plenty of shooting and killing and blood and stuff like that and I've you know watched all of Dexter so I, I'm not squeamish about blood and guts it, and it's things. a little less actiony but it, it was just like it was like I don't know like I don't really care about any of the characters like oh this this guy's yeah. kind of interesting but you know. Mm, I don't know. I, I can see. Can, I can see. I could get into it, but no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, there's some yeah. part of me that is just like, well, that's mm, okay. It does make it tough to really connect with mm. a character because the character you're introduced to is a psychopath, a quote unquote superhero who says about ten words, you know, and like a couple of police detectives who are just looking for their other like, oh man, like I can find this person in the chaos, you know. So it's kind of hard to really connect with someone, but I think it's just more about raising that intrigue to say, you know, well, don't you want to find out more about this? But I totally agree. It's definitely not for everyone and it's not going to hook everyone. Yeah. And I mean, I I sort of have the same criticism with the way that they're writing the Joker right now in the DC universe. So it's, it's not just that it's, this or anything like that obviously i'm a big batman guy i would say ryan give it to if you were to do this i would say give it a few more issues because there is a point where it becomes not about that person and more about something else that's happening yeah and it's a mystery which i know you like detecting and you do mysteries and figure things out and it's it's it is it is a kind of messed up mystery for lack of a better word but it's good and you're like okay what is going on where are they going with this like it's dark for sure but it intrigued me enough to continue reading. So as, I, I don't need to tell you that I will continue reading this because I do. <laughs> if but, you're um, interested, uh, you could find the book Bedlam by Nick Spencer and uh, Riley Rosmo. Either uh, issue one is free on Comixology, get it digitally, or just find it at your local comic book store, pick it up off the rack. There's even um, a trade of it right now too, so you can get caught up on you know at least some of the early issues. But it's, it's a really good read. But again, definitely not for everyone, especially not for the little ones or the faint at heart. I also forgot to mention that with Afterlife with Archie. You can find that also on Comixology as well as um, in uh, comic book stores, brick and mortar. So take a look around uh, and check it out. All right, so moving away from the ultraviolet world of Bedlam, let's move into the ultraviolet Marvel <laughs> Universe section. <laughs> it's uh, all about the violence. Yeah, this it time. is a little bit of the all ultra- about the violence, there baby. Is. 
Yeah, I was wow. going to go that with was. a classy Clockwork Orange Fred reference, Durst. and you went for Fred Durst. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Alan's book. Alan, which book did you bring this week? Okay, so um, I brought one of the uh, first runs to get me into comics, uh, Marvel-wise, and that's Deadpool number 11, I believe is e- the number. Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Daniel Way and penciled by Paco Medina. Um, I believe they did this whole run together, just them. I think uh, there might have been mm-hmm. various uh, <laughs> here and there, but in general, that it, it was just them. Um, here's the thing about this run. This was the run that made Deadpool what he is right now. Um, Okay. Daniel Way was the one. So Deadpool was always crazy. Yeah. And then, um, they added the little voice in his head. Yeah. And then Daniel Way brought in two voices into his head. Yeah. Yeah. So now he has himself, which is Deadpool and then his two voice head voices. Yep. And that's why when you, if you've ever played the video game that came out, that that Deadpool is based on the Daniel Way Deadpool, and Daniel Way actually wrote for the video game. Nice. So that's it, you you talk about. Um, I mean, I've seen on a lot of different places how uh, uh, Deadpool is ruined by Daniel Way because he made him completely silly pop culture referencing, you know, stupidness. But I mean, to each writer his own. So yeah, you, I mean, you I do what you got to do. I, I do like that. You know, to be honest with you, you know, in, in doses. Um, so to explain, like the uh, I was. The only reason I was able to bring this book is because Marvel always does the wrap up <laughs> in the beginning. Um, okay, so there was a scroll invasion of Earth. Scrolls are aliens that can change the way they look for those of you who don't know. They literally uh, infiltrate and they can change their physical appearance. Uh, long story short, uh, Osborne. Norman Osborne. Norman, AKA Norman the Green Osborne, Goblin, Spider Man villain. Kills the Queen. He becomes essentially president like one under president mm-hmm. and then uh deadpool owes him money so he sends his current dark avengers who's a bu- who are a bunch of super villains uh masquerading as the actual avengers while yeah. the avengers are in hiding mm-hmm. and he sends uh bullseye who is masquerading as hawkeye bullseye is the terrible daredevil villain he's not terrible anyway he he's really good with project he can turn anything into a projectile and kill somebody yeah, and so extreme accuracy oh yeah and he's a psychopath yes. so he sends um hawkeye um i'm doing air quotes there um after deadpool <laughs> to kill him essentially and we kind of pick up in the middle of that um so despite i mean the the mixed reactions that deadpool's gotten um and because I, I, w- I really wanted to bring this issue and the next one, and I kind of should have made you guys read both. But w- what were your opinions of this one? It was like reading a Looney Tunes cartoon. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, was, it was honest to God, like reading a Looney Tunes cartoon. Like, I, I actually, I mean, I, I haven't, I'm not really, I like Deadpool. I mean, I've read the, all the Marvel kill, or he kills the Marvel Universe and the Illustrated and all that stuff. Right. Um, I haven't really read much of the main stuff. I mean, I know the, the character in general. I know, the, I know, but I know the Deadpool as he is depicted here. Crazy, yeah. wild, like like a living cartoon character right. who also just likes to make people, what, what they refer to him in, in, in Ultimate Spider-Man, unalive. He likes to make people unalive. <laughs> unalive. <laughs> I can't say, because he's like, we can't say kill. Let's see. Unalive. We'll make him unalive. unalive. But um, no, I really, I actually did, and I actually believe it or not, I'm sure Ryan will disagree with me on this, but I, I actually like the art. It, is, like it has that photoshoppy glass. I know it does, but I liked it. I, there's a couple of panels that I just, I just like the look of. Well, I think, I think that like the way you said it, it, it you know, it's kind of like a, like a comic book version of a Looney Tunes. Like mm-hmm. that wouldn't work if the art didn't sell it. Cause there's a lot of this where like the art has to sell it. I mean, 
I mean, I think Chewy has to say something about the same panel I was going to bring up, so I'll let him do it. But like, this is the 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 panel to me. No, you, that was like, I was going to say something about something else. Ultimately, yeah, Tunar, but yeah, it was. It's him wearing a suit of meat, and then they cut back to him in elementary oh, school. Oh yes, that's my which, favorite part, which was oh. great. <laughs> he, he, basically, they just have that cutaway where um, after you see him donning that meat suit, you know, where uh, and by meat suit he literally takes a pig in a, in a cold storage body. and he puts, puts the head on like a helmet. He wears it like armor. He, has he wears a it like hawk. armor. It's meat armor. Yeah, he has a ham hock as a shoulder guard, and he has like another thing on his arm, like a shield, so he can stop bullseye's arrows that he's shooting at him. Oh my god, it's it's so awesome though in that in that cutaway, because um, it just goes back to him as a kid, like in school and stuff like that, you know. And it, they just, you know, it's it's career day or whatever. It's like, what do you want to be? What's a good career? And then finally they get to him. He's like. Oh me 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 me! But like the teacher's trying to ignore him. She's like, "Fine, what do you want to like do when you grow Johnny. up?" Like, yeah, yeah, what little Johnny? What is it? And then he's just like, "I want to wear, <laughs> I want to wear a meat suit," and then fight in it. <laughs> and then it just cuts away because it's such a throwaway—not a throwaway page, but it's such like a just like a hey, well, you know what? In his mind. <laughs> As, as Deadpool, like th- right. this would only make sense for Deadpool because oh, yeah, right. only he would have said that as a kid, but it proves that he was always crazy. Does it make mm-hmm. you love Deadpool more because he was wearing an ACDC t-shirt? Yes, absolutely. He's <laughs> wearing <laughs> an ACDC shirt. It's, it's interesting because um, for a lot of crap that uh, Daniel Way gets, you can chicken that out if you want. Um, <laughs> for a lot of uh, stuff that Daniel Way gets. Uh, Alan, he, I said balls earlier. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Um, he, he actually attempts to give... Deadpool some backstory not very often do writers touch on the origin story of Deadpool there's Mm -hmm. like six different origin stories so I kind of when I the first time I read this I'm like do I trust this or is this just something that he (laughs) made up for the sole purpose of justifying wearing a pig for the lulls yeah But then I also love how they, um, you know, they touch on on Bullseye. Like in the past, you, they did the same thing with him, and um, I thought that was cool. It was a cool nod, like you said, because he's a maniac. I would be a bad guy. <laughs> um, I really did um, like, as silly as it sounds, in the beginning where he's got the arrow through his head and he's just kind of like stumbling around because <laughs> you're thinking like, you know, okay, well, he's the regenerating degenerate, right? So like this shouldn't affect him, but it, it's kind of showing that. You know, because it's like lodged in there. You yeah, know, there's that, and, yeah. and he's just kind of stumbling around. It's just the way they did it. Like Ian said, for me, it played out like a Looney Tunes uh, cartoon, but in the most wonderful way. <laughs> like for, for me, at least. Um, I I read the Dead um, the Deadpool uh, Now comics from the Marvel Now run and stuff like that, and that's my only Deadpool. That and um, uh, like kills the Marvel Universe, like the miniseries, like that, but. Um, it, it's it's definitely you see the connection in it, but it's definitely different, and you see yeah. how it pulls from this, but still is its own thing. So this is cool because it kind of adds a little bit to, you know, I've never really read some of the older ones, and um, this is kind of a way to get me to get started on that. So I, I liked it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. You guys probably didn't probably won't believe this, but I actually own several of the issues from this run. <gasps> Oh, I, really? I own uh, all the trades. Like, literally all the Ryan, trades. Ryan, you surprised uh, me. Yeah, I stopped buying them when Dark Reign started tying in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because nice. I could not care less about Marvel crossovers, or DC crossovers, to be fair. Crossovers um, in general on that run. And, yeah, and so uh, there's, a, there's a part of me that's just like, ah, uh, you know what, I really, like, why did bullseye dressed as hawkeye like this is stupid yeah um and and i i mean i enjoy the deadpool shtick it's funny 
you know, it's, it's action. It's, it's silly action, but he's a cartoon character in the sense that he's nuts and he's like Wolverine in that he regenerates. So he kind of can't be killed. So, you know, shoot him through the head and whatever, he'll break off the air and pull it out. And eventually his brain will come back online. Uh, <laughs> he's picking up radio signals from yeah. the arrow. <laughs> from the <laughs> arrow. <laughs> from a self-help uh, yeah. radio station. So in that way, I, I mean, I, I love a book that's actually funny. And this book is that, you know, there are, there are LOL moments in this book and it's really great. Ian, I, I challenged you with finding my favorite pun in this issue. Did you find it? Uh, you know what? I totally forgot when I was reading it. Um, no, I will. Let's just say I have no idea. Is it, which one was it? It's is the it, blatant one. Is it the part where he's got meat hooks around Hawkeye's neck and he says, say it, say it. And Hawkeye says, <laughs> yeah. get your filthy meat hooks off of me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That stuck out to me. I chuckled yeah. too. Actually, I, oh, I really like the part after that because because Deadpool's really excited. He goes, yes. Yeah. And he goes, no. And then, and then stabs him with the meat hook. And he's like, well, around. no, I'm not going to get my meat hooks off of you. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, and the humor's great. And it's, I don't know. There's just something lacking. Okay. I don't, I, and I, and I honestly, like, I haven't thought critically about this enough to tell you what it is, but there was a reason that I stopped buying it besides just, the tie-in stuff. And I, I don't know. It, it's not, it may be just that the, the Deadpool thing, like, Oh, he's crazy. It's so wacky. Gets old. I don't know. There's just yeah. something about it that, that I feel like this could be so much better. I mean, that's kind of my frustration with Deadpool. I, I know I'm saying, saying he kind of doesn't like something. What? <sighs> no, I, I, I do enjoy Deadpool, but it's like in small doses. It's like, I, I like watching you like the mini series. Well, no, and I don't, and I don't know. I like this sort of stuff, but I couldn't see myself like looking forward to it. It's like this, like, yeah. Oh, uh, I see that a Family Guy's on. Great, I'll watch this. Oh, yeah. that was fun. All right, I'm done. Like that's kind of how I, I like Deadpool, but that, I, I'm not over the moon about him. Like a lot of people are. See, for for me, I think where it really balances and the fact out. that he beats up, he hits on Spider Man, <laughs> who I love. That's to why. <laughs> for, that's um, why. That's where it really is. I think one of the things for me is, um, as you've seen by the types of books that I immerse myself in with things like Bedlam, it's like here's a different kind of crazy that you can like laugh at, and it's a little bit more like. Hearted, mm-hmm. so maybe for me it's like, oh, I like it because it, it it makes me feel like I still have a heart in some ways, mm. <laughs> like I still have the wonderment of a child. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that Ian, you make a really good point. I think that your point is a lot of points that I've uh, uh, like absorbed about yeah. this particular yeah. run. And to be perfectly honest, this is one of the things. This is one of the, the first things I started picking up um, from the comic book on a regular basis and getting caught up with was just the trades of this run um, because it was just. He's like an anti-hero that like there's an excellent arc where he tries to be an X-Men and they tell him <laughs> no way. And he's like, I'll prove myself anyway and ends up screwing everything up. Of yeah. course he does. Um, and there's even an arc where he does a team up with Spider-Man to, uh, because uh, he's no. trying to be killed by Hitmonkey. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, the silliness combined with the... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I have a chewy on this one. The silliness combined with just the sheer violence of it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it kind of creates this weird um, anti not anti Marvel, but like you know, in Marvel you have very if they're a violent character, it's because they're very serious. They're very dramatic. Yeah, like you, you have know? like the Punisher, Punisher, Moon Knight, Daredevil, that kind of thing. If they're if they're kicking a lot of lot of butt, then they probably have some issues behind them. Uh, he has different kinds of issues. Issues that you would like laugh at more than yeah. anything else yeah and and i think that um it's a different kind of comic where he's now that he's gained some momentum he's more part of the main main yeah. continuity marvel mm-hmm. but um 
I don't know. That's just one of the reasons that I like Dead Police. He's just different in yeah. that way. It's not, and mm-hmm. it's not like that. I hate the character. I just it's put this way. It's like I had. I don't have a particular like. Oh my gosh, here comes a new Deadpool. But that being said, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, he's here. He's here. Let's see what happens. It, it's like it's much like a Looney Tune cartoon. It's just like, oh, this one has Daffy Duck. Let's check this out. Like that's kind of how I, <laughs> I do. I, I, I like the I like the character. In fact, when this guy started comic books, he yeah. came to me. He's like, which what character should I like? And I was like, check out Deadpool. It was you and Alan because I, I remember when I was first getting into it you know I was like well I don't know where to start and uh, you told me about the new 52 and yeah. Alan told me about Marvel now and then I I was like well I keep hearing about like Deadpool being like pretty cool and stuff like that and I was like yeah. oh look there's a Deadpool number one like yep. on the yep. on the stand so I will pick that up picked it up and I'm not gonna lie that first um, Deadpool number one I was still maybe because I was so brand new into it and I didn't know what to expect I was just kind of like yeah you know like this is cool I want to find out what happens next but a few issues in I was just like oh my god I love Deadpool but then I realized I didn't really know much of his history so he thank you he definitely has this um, you're welcome uh, he definitely has this kind of love it or hate it type thing mm-hmm. um, and he's also one of those characters y- you know there's that thing that you kind of like or don't like or have an opinion about and there's the fandom around it that just makes it a million times worse. Mm-hmm. I feel like Deadpool is one of those things. Yeah. If you're not a Doctor Who fan and you meet Doctor Who fans, <sighs> oh, like, yeah. oh, Doctor Who's the greatest thing ever. And I'm saying this as a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> like it'll it. change your life. It's great. And then it's like, well, maybe I won't. Not, not for me. Yeah. Like, not so, get yeah as a Doctor Who fan, I think I, I tweeted or something um, when Breaking Bad ended. I'm like, I now understand how non-Doctor <laughs> Who fans feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so jumping out of Marvel World and going into uh, in- indie comic world, uh, Ryan, tell us about your book this week. Okay, um, this book I, I brought the the Invincible Haggard West uh, final issue, the Death of Haggard West. Uh, so this is this comic book is um, a- at least on the face of it, on the cover, it is a lie. Uh, the this is this is not you know, the, the number one oh one or whatever, the final issue. I was this is by it. <laughs> in some ways, uh, sort of a prequel to Paul Pope's, uh, graphic novel battling boy. And it's actually a series ah. of graphic novels. Uh, and, and all the stuff that happens in this comic book actually takes place in the pages of battling boy. And it's, and it's in that book, but sort of spread out and interspersed with, with some other things happening. And so this is something that they released, uh, several months before the, the novel came out. Um, I think right in time for San Diego Comic Con as like a like sort of a preview of Battling Boy. Nice. Um, and and in this it it sort of gives you the history and uh, obviously the death of the guy who's the main seri- the main um, hero of this city, uh, Arcopolis, and and that's where Battling Boy takes place. So it's it's um, sort of like introducing you to that universe and and introducing you to sort of some of the characters and the evils and stuff that that you'll see if you read that comic book and or if you read that graphic novel and then the the ones that are coming out in the future i think they need to make this a movie as fast as possible because danny trejo needs to play this guy so badly <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. look at him he looks it. like danny trejo like the, the messed up face and like <laughs> the grizzled voice that i know that he has nice oh my god i am i really like the i, I mean i love the art um I, I, a lot uh it's very and it just it's just it's it's the only way i could describe it is like Used Future meets Steampunk meets Flash Gordon meets The Rocketeer. It's like all these different things fused together that I love to mm-hmm. make like a perfect, delicious soup of a comic that I enjoy too. 
eat. Yeah, it's a, to- it's a total it page turner. It didn't until you finished it. Yeah, I like soup. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm hungry for soup. It's a total page turner, and that's that's what I love about it. You know, there's not one moment where you're like, okay, we'll get yeah. through this part to get to the next part. It's a lot of show, don't tell. Uh-huh. Which I think is awesome in the beginning, even where you do have a little bit more kind of like dialogue and stuff going on. It, there's still the whole like, uh oh, like what's going to happen uh, with just the mystery of like the streetlights are coming on. Hurry, get in, mm-hmm. you know, because you're like, why? What is it? And then you're like, oh, there's these like mummy crow things that hang out on like the wires mm-hmm. and Who that's act pretty like awesome. These um, gang members, yeah. like mob members. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I really liked about this book is it had a period piece feel to it uh-huh. like it was flash gordon 50s mm-hmm. like dick tracy um but with like a, a cyberpunk and it looks like it takes place in like uh like south america somewhere you know yeah. just like yeah. Yeah. rio or something definitely some sort of like post-apocalyptic future i i think i mean or at least like yeah it looks it, you're you're absolutely correct <laughs> well i just love too where he starts taking out all those um all the bad guys there i can't remember what their gang was called but when he's taking them out one by one, he's kind of doing that countdown, you know, like I think it's originally seven, you know, he's like six, five, as he takes them out, just like, mm-hmm. I got to get down to zero, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. And the fact that they all already had a plan in place and it was just, cause at first you're like, okay, he's going to chase him. He's going to get the kid back or whatever. But then they're like, okay, execute like plan M or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I think H. H, sorry. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's like, wait, they had a contingency plan. They planned on this. This was the plan. Oh, no. What's going to happen? Yeah. 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 I I, I like like the the subtle uh, Godzilla nod in there with, I... Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was like, oh my god, like that's great. Like it, it it knows it knows what it's trying to replicate. It knows it's trying to replicate those like B movie serial type thing. I yeah, I I really like the comic actually. I, I'm because of Ryan, who actually I will tell you, Ryan, I am reading your Batman Year One Hundred. Okay, uh, good. I was that wondering I let that you was. that I let you let me borrow, and I also have a couple other things from you that I will give back because I have not read them yet, but I will swap them out like a library. And for you listeners, that's relevant because Paul Pope wrote and drew both of those. Names. Yes, and it's it's very reminiscent of that. And Batman Year One Hundred for for those of you, I'm, I'm actually reading it right now. Um, it's 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 not it's not what you think. <laughs> it's it's actually very. And actually, I would actually tell Alan to read it because you probably would like it if you have not read it yet. Um, but yeah, it has that same sort of artistic look, which I really really like. Um, this is how you know it's a Ryan book. Um, black lines. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the little art. little to no detail, and and yet so much detail. Exactly. And flat colors. Those yep. three things. That's how you know it's a Ryan book. It's like you could put Ryan all four approved. of her books out and be like, mm, I don't know what these three are, but Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Ryan book. You guys have got to type. Uh, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. You know yeah. what you like. And it's, it's I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Paul Pope. Uh, I have uh, quite a few of his, his books and, and things like that. One of the things that's really cool when you, um, if you ever get a chance to see, and I haven't seen him in person, but I've seen pictures of them online. His originals are huge. He draws with like a quill and ink nice. on like two by three foot pieces of paper. That's rad. Like, like it's like whole arm movements doing this stuff. So that's, that's, and that's how he's able awesome. to get those nice, nice strokes in there. And like, it's, it's a weird, you, you see how the black lines kind of like taper off at the end there. So you mm-hmm. get those nice brush strokes. It's like something you can only get from like that kind of, that kind of pen. Like uh, that's why I really like this is when I look at things that I, I wish I could do, you know, and I, and I go home and practice occasionally. Uh, 
when I stop hating my own art um, <laughs> is, see, I hate my own art, Ian. You don't have to hate it for me. <laughs> I don't hate your art, Alan. We had to um, talk about this the other I'm gonna day. I'm going to make you guys hug after this. The big, the big arm movement thing with the, with the tapered edges, it's, it's, a, it's a style that I've like always loved. And, mm. and this is the kind of book, like, what other book did you bring that was like this? It was like the flat, uh, you know, it was Jonah Hex uh-huh. yeah. on the top mm-hmm. of my head. And like, it's kind of the same thing. Just a really kind of simplistic way of looking at it with the nice flat colors. But those lines are so beautiful. Mm. And you only really get those when you use your whole arm. You get those nice smooth lines. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from one end to the other and you just... Somebody that's really good at that can just do it all day and go. Yeah, you can tell with his art. There's a lot of like care and time. Yeah, it's very everything is deliberate, very deliberate. Well, and and yeah, I think they announced this book in 2008, and it just came out last year. (laughs) Uh, I I saw I saw pages. I saw like full color done pages from this book in like 2009. Because didn't Battling Boy just just yeah the Battling Boy trade came out in October 2013? Yeah, which you should pick it up. It's like. You could probably find it for about 10 bucks at your local bookstore. Yeah. 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 I did have a question real quick about like the end where we see the actual like funeral and stuff like that. Um, He's not the only one kind of wearing that aviator style jacket and stuff like that. So do, I mean, is it something that we'll find out or whatever? Like it was there a team of heroes or maybe he was just kind of like a ex like pilot and then he became a hero or something like that. I I think that, um, and, and, to to understand they don't like go into it specifically very much in the comic book but um just kind of based on the stuff that he implies it's sort of like um and i totally forgot sort of like a like a flash gordon or like a um what's his name the man of bronze uh come on guys paul piero he was uh, smarter uh, than everybody else uh, stronger than everybody else uh, anyway that uh, guy i'll think of it in a minute um wait a minute it's not Doc Savage, is it? Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I saw that comic book today, yeah. and I was like, my life, my, my, my brain was like, remember. I saw the like the bronze thing, but I was like, I don't know that that was but, new. It was like but, that, co- that, that that comic was was Spock, and it gripped my head like I was bones. <laughs> I was like, remember, nice, remember. I had to go right there, huh? I did. Um, but but in that sense, I think he's intended to be sort of like a like a pulp science hero from the 40s, who is like this one guy who's a scientist, and then he has sort of his entourage of people who's like, that's the engineer, and that. That's the guy who cooks for us. Yeah, this yeah. is the old grizzled guy who plays his guitar, you know, and and, <laughs> and there's that archetype exists a lot sort of in genre fiction, even in like Dune and stuff like that. There's nice. there's sort of this this different entourage. And I think that's that's kind of what uh, Paul Pope was hinting at in this. Okay. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I just thought I'd point this out. Um, this character is very secondary in the book, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but even Aurora West's daughter uh, there's more of her in mm. the in the Battling Boy book, which I, which is interesting, and and they're actually working on an original graphic novel of just her. Nice. Oh. But Battling Boy is not in this at all. Uh, no, Battling no. Boy is sort of like a like a baby Thor. Is I guess the best way to describe it. <laughs> okay. Um, so but, does he give that really weird eye look? Like, does Paul version of that? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't do the nope. Nope, you'd uh, say. But. Um, but yeah, but this is just sort of, I, I think the idea of it, it's, it's almost like a tone piece just sort of setting up like, yeah, this is the city. This is what's going on. This is the world we're about to enter. So is this actual book, the, um, the death of, uh, Haggard West, is that available? Like, could you just get that by itself or is it just in the, uh, battling boy trade? 
Um, I believe it's available by itself, but it's like it, it is part of the battling boy trade. Like it, I mean, it's it's available by itself in printed editions. I don't know yeah. if you can get it digitally, and I don't, I don't think it's in print right now. But if you get battling boy, this entire story is in there. Oh, okay. But not it's not like the death of Tiger West, and then battling boy starts. Yeah. It's just it's as you read the story, you get like chunks of this in, interspersed with other. Things. Oh, okay. So with a little bit of digging, you could probably find it by itself. Otherwise, it'll be in Battling Boy. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, and and unless you, I would say it's almost not even worth just buying the standalone issue because you'll you'll get a whole comic book, you know, or a whole a whole graphic novel for not that much more money. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up. Here's my issue for this week, uh, and we will now be moving on to first prints. So. Uh, when we last left you in First Prince, we were talking about V for Vendetta. Um, we have broken V for Vendetta up into the three books, the three uh, different uh, sections of it. This one, I believe, is called The Vicious Cabaret. Am I correct on that, fellas? Yes, yes you are. All right. Um, so a lot of stuff happens. Uh, this kind of to give you a bit of a plot overview, if you're following along with us, uh, or if you've seen the film, this is the whole, you know, Evie Evie becoming a very major important character. It's funny because last time we talked about how oh, I don't really see much of Evie. What's going to happen? Yeah, it was this funny because I was, this. I was, I was when that was happening. I was like, mm, not going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the this is the Evie story. This is really is what that is. This is the Evie section of the book. So yeah. uh, let's talk about it, guys. What uh, Ryan, who has read it before, um, us who have not. Uh, this Alex is my first time reading it. What do we think? Um. It, it moved a lot faster. Yes, it did. Yes, it I felt did. it went a lot quicker. The pacing much faster. Um, and not even like anything. It's, it's not content because no. I feel like the content was just as the pace similarly. Um, mm. but it, for some reason it just moved a lot faster. Was it less pages? Uh, I believe so. I think I so. Pages, uh, yeah. a, a, a lot fewer. Um, but it the, seemed like more of a page turner. Yes. But the thing is that you're, uh, you are focused on Evie for the most part. However, you're also focused more on what's happening around Evie, yes. society-wise. Yes. So you get a better look at less of what V is trying to um, disassemble and more of what is already ex- what, what already is, exists. Yeah. The lives of the people who aren't involved in these crazy politics and talking to statues at night, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and it gives you a broader picture of what's happening and a little more sympathy. Mm-hmm. I think... The first book was really trying to to kind of forcefully draw that sympathy out. You know what I mean? It was it was really kind of reaching in there and saying, "Love this character," you know, feel bad for them. Um, but this book does a lot better, in my opinion, of just letting it happen, letting yeah. letting the mm-hmm. sympathy and the empathy for the characters, especially Evie, just come. So, so much so that I mean, I know the story. I mean, obviously, the way the movie structures it versus the way this book structures it is very very different. So I can understand why Alan Moore is like, "You're killing my art." That being said, I, I like them both differently as I'm reading them. I haven't quite finished that book yet, but uh, we're getting there. Um, I actually did get really emotional when I was reading this. Uh, the part where she's actually reading the letter uh, that yeah. she finds. Yeah. I actually did. And I, I remember seeing the movie and being like, okay. But I didn't have that like visceral emotional reaction like I did here. I'm just like, I, I started tearing up. I really started Aww. tearing up. Like not, like not like crying, but I was just like, oh, like what is, what's happening? A comic is making me feel. Why? Why? <laughs> must not feel. Must read book where child's throat gets slit. <laughs> Paper and code. Yes. <laughs> I need Batman. Um, so, uh, yeah, but no, I, I really, really, I, I still like the book and I, I understand why, why it's, it's a classic. I, I, I get it. 
I, not in a bad way. I actually really like it. Um, the other part I really like, I just love the opening. I love the opening bit. I love the way it's structured. I love the way it's laid out. And I, I've, I actually read it. It's weird because I went back and I read it again and I read it. This is going to sound really like I'm a crazy person because I did it by myself without any sort of recording equipment on. I read it out loud and what I and how I hear V in my head, like the best of my ability. And I was like, <laughs> at the end of it, I was just like, that was awesome. I wish you would have just, <laughs> if you would have recorded it, we could have played it on the show. There's music in the background. I want to yeah. figure out how the song goes. Yeah, like, yeah. I, was, I, I was really want to do that. that. Let's <laughs> record it not at all. And then play it on the show. Yeah, I'm wondering if the uh, the sheet music is accurate in the background. because I'm sure it is. Oh, it's out no, yeah, the The vicious cabaret in the beginning yeah. and the end of this book is mm-hmm. probably my favorite part of this whole book. Yeah. yeah. Because the way it spells out what's happening and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I read it for the first time. At, uh, was it the end of the first book or the beginning of the second? It was beginning of the second book. So it's like the vicious cabaret and all these and he kind of like metaphorically spells out what's happening and applies yeah. um it's very very shakespearean yeah like very oh, yeah. you remember you remember when you studied shakespeare and they talked about um the narrator would come out and he would set the scene yeah and it would be like you know two star-crossed lovers yeah I mean, they it's, 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 the, it's the uh, yeah it's it's the uh, what, what do they call is it is it the chorus is that what they call it in in shakespeare no, that's blanking. Not they call it shakespeare, it's the well, do you know what it is? You probably know what it is. Am, am I, can't I wrong? Think it off the top of my head. <sighs> what but is it called? I'll have to think about it. But anyway. there's a thing where they do that in Shakespeare plays where they kind of set the, this is what's going to happen. Right. They do it in all Shakespeare. And so this was perfect. And to to the credit, I'm like, okay, I kind of see where this is going. I think it's a little yeah. pretentious, but that's fine. <laughs> but after the second book, and then he starts reiterating mm-hmm. that the, the the Vicious Cabaret song, the, the prose, that was the perfect way to end this book. Like, yeah. I, I was like flipping and like just going through that like yes yes that's who that is that's who that is that is. okay now it's way cool what, what i loved and I, I try to pick up because again you know I, I haven't read this book and i know you obviously have kind of your stake there and like a lot of the art and the way it's written and stuff like that i know you have uh ian has a lot more knowledge in terms of compared to the works of other you know famous writers and stuff and then you ryan introduced it so you know i'm trying to pick out well what can i pick out of it i love the the detail in it it actually in in the dialogue um, when we kind of meet that like gang of like the Scottish guys, mm-hmm. uh, I just love the way that they spelled everything out because it's done in a way where the only way you can hear it in your head is the way that it would be spoken. It's literally because of like the, phonetically written out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but not even it. phonetically written out like, oh, just spelled the way, but like the way that if you've ever heard, you know, like real Scottish people talk, it, it's almost like they're saying the beginning of word number two at the end of word number one, yeah. but there's still that separation there. So as I'm reading it, you know, the first couple lines, it, it did take me a little bit of like, uh, okay, try to figure out the pacing of it. But then I was like, oh, all I got to do is imagine it's a Scottish accent. And as I'm like hearing it, I'm just like, this, this flows perfectly. I, I have also no... Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and Chewy is a soccer hooligan. Probably you heard his accent a lot. <laughs> Oi! <laughs> um, I, I, you know what? The one thing that I really liked, and I, this is just something that struck me, and it probably struck me in the first, the first part too, but I love just the, like there's certain panels... I feel like a lot of comic books put a lot of like heavy, I guess heavy importance on the splash panels. This mm-hmm. doesn't really do that at all. It's the little panels to me. It's like it's little little things. Like when the one the one that just struck me is because I, I I stared at it for a while, which is when V's walking through street and he and he grabs the poster and he sees the poster from mm-hmm. her yeah. film and rolls it up. Just that there's that one panel where he just looks at it. I actually looked at it for a bit. I'm like. I wonder what he's thinking. Like, what's going through that? Because they had that mask. There's no right. express There's expressionless. No emotion, yeah. So you're, it makes me wonder, like, what's going through that character's head? Is it like, 
wistful? Is he like, oh my gosh, something to add to my collection? Is it like, does he, is that when it clicks? Like, this is what I'm going to do to make, to get Evie to see. Well, what did you be? What did you fill in there? I mean, that's, that's kind of what going back to it. When I first thought I was, I was kind of like, cause I knew where they were going with it. It was the last one. It's like, I feel like he's going like, okay, this, this is how I make her see. Like it reminded him like if it's something to add to his collection, of course, but it's also like, that's how I'm going to make her see. That's see, how I'm going to I make her. I saw it differently. For me, it was um, him reaffirming what he's doing is right. He's looking at it and it, I mean, it, I can see that too. Be, That's actually a good point. He's staring at it and he's like this, this is why I'm doing this. And then he paints his symbol over the other. Right. Poster. This person didn't deserve this. These people deserve to see her. She should have been, you know, much more. These people should be much more. And it, he's just staring. He's sitting there staring at it. Not only taking in all of the sorrow that he, you know, is, is supposedly um, getting revenge for, but also reaffirming that what he's going to do in the next you know, part of the story is yeah. the right thing to do. Mm. That, that's what I filled in there. Yeah. Did either of you guys really connect with, um, I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure it's his name. I should know the name by now. Uh, Mr. Finch, the, oh, uh, yeah. like the lead investigator guy, the detective yeah, guy. I don't know I, why. I, really ca- but I mean, it, it's, I think he's meant to represent like, the middle ground. Yeah, for me, I, agree, I, yeah. I don't know yeah. why, but from book one and book two in this, I'm just like, there's something about, because he's not there being like, oh, we must uphold this and that, you know, and like, you know, this guy is a threat to, you know, the way we do things. He's kind of just like, I understand what this guy is doing. He's saying it from the beginning, shouting it from the rooftops, but no one's listening. He's like, You're, you don't understand. Like, this guy is not doing it because of this or this or this. He has his own agenda. Mm-hmm. And it, and we don't know what that is. We'll never know what that is, you know, if we never catch him. Mm-hmm. So you can't think like a normal person in order to catch him. And everyone's telling him, no, you're making too much of it and stuff. So he's kind of in so that. Like so you said, punches somebody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he's in that middle ground of, listen, I'm doing my job here. You know, and, you know, it's, I may not necessarily, I feel like, and I don't know, you know, again, where book three takes us, but I feel like he's almost maybe more on the side of V in terms of, you know, like this, the way things are right now are messed up. Yeah. Like this isn't how it's supposed to be. Now with that, you know, we also can't just let whatever happens happen you know what i yeah, mean we, there has to be some to this extreme there has to be here. some like sense some of moderation. order yeah. in it and i don't think that he's trying to say like oh restore it to what you know the head wants it to be yeah but more of just like you know we need to con- learn to control ourselves one way or the other like you said he's that middle ground maybe that's why i kind of connected with yeah, him i think you're, yeah. you're meant to you're he's, meant to. he's kind of trapped in his own head as well like a lot you know because not a lot of people see things his way you know and people don't understand what he's trying to do i think the middle ground is a good word for it but i think a little further into that is is less of um because when you say middle ground i feel like it implies like oh it's got every man or whatever you know no 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 Uh, no, no, but i think i think what it is is a it's gonna sound weird but go with it for a second a capitalist viewpoint in a fascist society. I, I, yeah, I totally okay. agree. So he, uh, he, he represents and upholds what should be a like more capital, capitalist, United Statesian like uh, mm. a viewpoint, but he's sworn himself and lives within a fascist society that he supposedly believes in um, and works for. Or he has to, at least. Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like he's not a true believer like some of the other people because right. they're like, we believe it's, it's done and this guy's gone because that's 
that makes our life, you know, they're not, they don't put any critical thought into it. They're just like, because that's what's right. That's what's good. And he's the one who's, he's thinking about it. He's like, well, you know, that doesn't really work for me. Like I don't. Yeah. And so he's, I think a capitalist is a good way to put it. Cause he's sort of, he's sort of in the middle ground evaluating from both sides, deciding just sort of on his own in a, in a like, well, you know, for the most part, this works for me. Everything works out. Okay. In the fascist. So I'll go with it. But not everything's, you know, but he's like, he's the kind of guy who you can imagine and say, well, you know, nothing's perfect. And then other people are like, yes, the leader is perfect. Everything is perfect. Yeah, How could you exactly. say that? What did you guys take? Not to get off the f- a finch, but what did you guys take of that moment? I want to know how you guys interpreted that yeah. moment where after, at the end of it, where he got, where V is like, you know, I have these roses here and I give these roses to people and oh, yeah, yeah. Folks, folks, those people who killed the man you loved, all you have to do, you don't have to do anything. Just hand me a rose. Yeah. Now, when she says, let it grow, yeah. how do you take that? Do you take that as, I'm going to be, I'm going to just, like, later, not now? Or do you take it as... That's a good question. Or, or do you take it as, like, you know, I'm trying to try to format the way to say this. No, I think I get what you're yeah, getting Yeah, or do you at, take but, it as, like, no, like, that's not the right thing to yeah. do. Like, even though yeah. they put me through all this, I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to be... That's a good question. So I think uh, what Evie had just gone through, you know, being in the being in the prison and being mm-hmm. tortured and um, reading this letter from, from this woman she'd never knew, but you know, connected with by the end of it. I think what she took away from that was that no matter who you are, you know, it's not okay for somebody to take away your rights, let mm-hmm. alone your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think she was in this state that when, when V offered her the choice of, you know, I can make this guy go away. She realized that, it, at least on, on her side, I don't know. I I, I don't want to say that uh, she doesn't care anymore, but I think that she, I think what she realized was that personally, this guy did what he did, and there's no changing it. And it's not up to her to decide who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think she accepts that there are wrongs in the world, and she wants to help. At this point, she wants to help V write them. Um, and she's a little less innocent about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that she still holds true the fact that um, she can't be like them in the sense that she just decides this is what's right and this is what's wrong. And just because a wrong was done to me doesn't mean that this is going to change anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I did probably didn't think as deep about it as as you did. And I certainly didn't actually make the connection of what you brought up Ian, you know, the, you know, is she saying let it grow to kind of let that feeling grow and then eventually take it. I just took it at face value where she said, let it grow. Like, you know, we're not going to cut this rose at all. Um, you know, for, for the same reasons, like I said, my, my simple mind didn't put, put it in such beautiful words. (laughs) Um, you know, but I didn't think about that. Is that, I mean, what what kind of led you to think that, Ian? What led me to think that, like, or, 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 or I question that? Yeah. I, I, it, it was the whole experience. I personally took it as, I don't think she's, like, saying, like, I mean, I guess we'll find out in the next book, but I don't think she, I think she is the counterpoint to V. I think V was expecting her to come out of that experience being exactly like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think she shares his ideals in a lot of ways saying, yes, we all deserve to be free. We all deserve to have rights. We all deserve that freedom. That yeah. doesn't mean we have to get vengeance. And we don't have to have a, and for lack of a better word, a vendetta against yeah. somebody who wrongs us. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. I did. Oh, now I get the book. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's really where I took it from. I took it as she is his counterpoint. She's the one who's saying, no, yeah. we don't have to do that. I think that you're right that um, 
she's a counterpoint, but I don't agree with the fact that V thought that she was going to turn out like him because I think V believes that he is a special case that yeah. um, because of what they put him through specifically, that he takes this on, on his own shoulders. Ultimately he's doing it for the greater good. The, the greater, greater good. good. The greater good. Oh, but sorry, I believe that, <laughs> but I believe that um, he knows that what he's doing is slightly wrong um, okay. in, in counterpoint to, what I was saying about Evie earlier, where she said, you know, who are we to take people's lives? I think that he realizes that, um, I, I, I think that he's letting Evie be the bigger person. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, okay. you now know what I know. So you, yeah. are, you are less innocent about it. You met this person, you're transformed. He said on the roof, I had a night just like this one. This one's your night. But he didn't say, this one is your night. This is how you should take it. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. said, "Be open to it," and he he's ready to let her just accept whatever it is that she accepted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout this, throughout the first two books so far, he's never pushed anything on her. Yeah, that like brainwashed her. You know, that's that was mm-hmm. the point. I mean, e- even the thing you know where she kind of takes part in you know killing the the bishop. Yeah. Um. You yeah. know he <sighs> bless you. Bless you. Um, even you know she was like kind of like you made me kill someone he's like i didn't you said you wanted to make a deal so i made a deal that is the deal that was made you know everything was voluntary so i i totally agree with you in that i i think maybe then maybe maybe i was mis misquoted then there what i meant was i don't mean that she was going to turn exactly like v but i think share his ideals and say like okay i see that killing is necessary i see that like but I, I do also see that your point, I concede your point, which is correct, I feel, that she, I think he wants her, he wants her to share his thoughts uh, on society and the society they live in and how that needs to change. But I like the fact that, and I think I like that a little bit more, I like your idea, like she wants, he wants her to be the bigger person, to not have to do what he does. Yeah, I feel like he is, if he's starting the dominoes, He's going to yeah. want people who are going to be better than him. Yes. He's going to want the people who understand what he understands, mm-hmm. but are good enough to build a better society. Than That's a good point. When people do wrong against us, we kill them. Yeah. So I think they, this particular vendetta is his and his alone, and I think he understands that. Yeah, I, I think to a certain extent he sees himself as, because they talk about it in, in other parts where he sort of sees himself as like, people are ants like he is mm-hmm. a different person and so it's almost as if like he knows he is sort of this special in, in a sense kind of the ubermensch at the time mm-hmm. but he is and <coughs> evie is his like is his human you know it's almost yes. like he's inhuman and he's doing this these inhuman things because he needs to to move to the next step in i don't know civilization society or whatever yeah. and and she is the beginning of what he is going to establish and 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 it's in a sense um and you know knowing alan moore the references are all over the place there's there's a ton of them but in a sense it's it's almost like a like a biblical moses in the sense that he is going to bring them through the desert but he will never be able to experience the promised land uh and and i hope i'm not giving too much away about what happens next but um but he is he is sort of creating her and and others like her to usher into the society that he is sort of above and beyond and and can never fully be part of 
yeah. because of how he is. Okay, well, I think we've said all I have to say about book two, uh, which, and I'm excited to read the conclusion uh, for next time. Absolutely. So, so moving on uh, to the four color character compendium. Uh, so last week we talked about Captain America. Uh, this week uh, I, we had a little bit of a discussion between the boys, and I was just like, okay, how about this character? Uh, it's a character right now who actually has a TV show that actually is on uh, season two, uh, or at least is based off this character. Um, it's a character that I kind of have a little bit of an affinity for uh, just because <coughs> it's it's the middle ground I feel between what one character I love and Alan's character that he loves a lot. Yeah. The character and not, not based on the color alone. <laughs> the character of course that we're referring to yeah, is yeah. Uh, green arrow. Uh, so uh, yeah, I have some information about green arrow unless I'm, anyone, I want to go ahead and start by saying, I basically know nothing about Green Arrow other than his name. I know he was in Dark Knight Returns. That's true, he that was. is the most I've ever read of uh, Green Arrow. Okay. Also, I made a Green Arrow-themed bow and arrow. Yes, he did. And I will, I'll put a picture of that, that on. That's that's my connection with Green Arrow. Chewy for Because I like Green Arrow so much, Chewy for Christmas made me a Green Arrow-themed bow and arrow. We'll put a picture up on the four-color uh, Twitter of it. It's pretty fantastic. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's talk about Green Arrow. Sure. Uh, so Green Arrow's first appearance was More Fun Comics, number 73. Correct. I love these titles uh, of old DC, comics. Yes. November 1941. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's where he's created. He's been Oliver Queen the entire time. Yes. Okay. Good. Oliver uh, Queen. He was created by, uh, according here, Mort Weisinger and George Papp. Yep. That's. What I have to um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has. Well, there have been other. There have there have been some other folks who, in later years, ta- have taken the Green Arrow mantle mm-hmm. for a short time. But yeah, for the most part, yeah, Oliver Queen as as Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oliver Queen is the Green Arrow. Okay. I feel like the Batman uh, archetype, like the rich guy with nothing else to do but fight crime and make right. cool gadgets, is is it 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 works as long as you don't replicate it to a T of everybody else that's doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he really is a, a a a happy snappy Robin Hood Batman clone. Well, but, but here's the question: so happy uh, snappy is the key. That's yeah, he's yeah. not dark. He's not dark and brooding. He's very qui- He's quippy. He's like Deadpool in a sense. He is oh. like trying to be funny. He's he kind is Spider-Man. Sp- which sp- and also Spider-Man, like. which, which I know is, you like Spider-Man. Which is, no, well. no, I agree. <laughs> but it's interesting that he, he is whippy quippy, but he's also, um, he takes himself very seriously. Yes, he, he takes does. what he does, he does. very he, seriously. He very much does. So here, here's the question. I think the burning question. Now we know who the Green Arrow is. Yeah. Uh, we know he's a millionaire with, with, as Alan put it, nothing better to do than to fight crime. So, does he just kind of one day say, oh, I'm going to start fighting crime and I'm going to do it with a bow and arrow and I'm going to dress up, you know, in green and I'm going to call myself the green arrow. Like what that happens? Is a How does he, where, what's his Batman moment? What's so his moment that turns him his into his the backstory green arrow? is that he, um, he, well, he grew up in a wealth, a, a wealthy type family. Yeah. Um, uh, and, he always looked up to Robin Hood as a kid. Okay. He's a big Robin Hood fan. Um, and so eventually, long story short, let's get there. He inherits the rights to the company. Okay. Um, and so he is, but he's a gallivanting playboy. He's the opposite of Bruce Wayne. He's what okay. Bruce Wayne pretends to be. Yeah, yeah. But he is that in real life every day. Okay. And he actually uh, is out so on a boat c- and like falls Tony's- off. Oh, okay. And he clings to his childhood arrow, or like a, a bow and arrow. Yeah. And when he arrives on an island called Starfish Island, if I remember correctly, okay. he tra- He survives on that island for years and years and years. The, yeah. the show Arrow does a pretty decent job. They've added in some extra little mythos and stuff. Mm. But the basic story is that he survives on that island, 
comes back to civilization and decides I'm going to do something good for my city okay. and for the people. So he you he becomes very accurate, very good with the bow and yeah. arrow. Very similar. He's the he's the and I hate to say it, I'm sure I'll have people going, No, that's not right. He's kinda the DC version of Hawkeye in the sense that he's yeah. the archer. He's the, the very Emerald Archer, sim- which is simplistic his. way mm-hmm. to kind of make the connection if you're familiar with Hawkeye but not trick arrows yeah he takes a lot from Batman arrows. he has like trick arrows an arrow cave <laughs> that exists um, and even a sidekick, sidekick named Speedy yes which oh. will there's a very interesting comic which arc later becomes Speedy. Red Arrow yes uh, no he becomes uh, I believe now he's known as Arsenal is that right I think uh, I think it depends it on depends when. but yeah he's continuity yeah and there, there's been some times actually where um, Oliver Queen was dead for quite a long time of course yeah so no, Speedy had to do heroin yes. before and we get to yes. Some of that, but meat. we're jumping around a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> like, no, no, it's cool. Before we get to some of that meat, just kind of some more backstory questions, yeah, you know, for just for you know people who don't know. Go so, Bruce Wayne and Batman are in Gotham. You know, Clark Kent and Superman are in Metropolis. Where is Green Arrow? Star is, City. Is he, so, okay, so that's different. For, okay, yes, he has his own. He has his own city, and a lot of the DC heroes kind of have theirs. I think what is it for? Um, for is it Coast City for um, Greenland for the most part, and then I think the Flash is Central City. Okay, a lot of yeah, cities, a lot of correct. cities happening around, yeah. except for Metropolis. A lot of cities in the DC universe. Okay, so he's got his own, he's got his own stomping grounds. You know, he trained his, I guess, uh, his art. You know, and you know that that's what he's using to fight crime now. So you know, how does that get started? You know, does he just come back and say, okay, I'm going to start kicking some butt or, or does he have a nemesis that kind of comes out and he does what have a, a few, is that prompting moment? Um, he does have a few, uh, the one that I would say like as far as, as well, as far as a prompting moment, it really takes place on that Island. Okay. Um, from what I was, from what I understand, he stopped some drug smugglers on the oh, Island and okay. he realized he kind of became self-reliant having to learn how to use that bow to feed okay. himself. He had to yeah. kill to feed himself. So he, and that kind of just shocks him out of like, I'm not going to be a child anymore. I need to grow up i need to i need to grow up for lack of a better word so he goes back and starts to use these skills to better his city yeah an alternative backstory uh from the 60s 70s and 80s Mm -hmm. uh dennis o'neill and neil adams are really the ones who sort of brought oh uh, for sure green green arrow into the the modern uh at that point the silver age but but a lot of the stuff that we think of as Green Arrow now, for instance, the goatee and things like that, yep, the, came from Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill mm-hmm. in the in the seventies. But at that point, the the way they had his backstory go was he lost his fortune mm-hmm. and then became basically he had all he had like, you know, all this training and stuff like that right. and nothing to do and no money, and so he became somebody who just sort of fought for the underprivileged. Which, yeah. you know, if you think about the seventies and stuff like that, was kind of a very sort of political book. Yeah. And he like is that. a very staunch liberal. That is true. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. does not like and remember I always jo- joke with you true about corporate fat cats. Yeah, Where do you yeah. think I got that from? Yeah. He's like always him. like, oh the corporate fat cats, here we go again. <laughs> so needless to say, another character which I'm sure maybe we'll cover at some point, Hawkman is a staunch conservative. So there is a oh. in one of the books that we'll talk about here where that I really like they have a meeting where they're joking back and forth with nice. so um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I just, I don't know why it is. I've always kind of had a thing for, for archers, like the idea that like, yeah. like a bow and arrow, not in that way, Alan, I saw your head. <laughs> no, I just like the idea of somebody with a bow and arrow. Maybe it's, maybe it's Robin hood. Maybe it's grown up with that. Maybe it's my legend of Z- love of legend of Zelda where he has the bow and arrow, that so, like, green costume. It, it would here's, match up. here's another question. So who does he aim that bow at like That's a great who, question. who who is he trying to take down? Is it just petty criminals, or does, is there, you know, a rogues gallery? For well, him? he is part of the Justice League. Um, the rogues, the the big two that I know about, um, 
that I that I I, I know for sure. Um, they have them fighting a bunch of people on that Arrow TV show, by the way. But um, the big ones they kind of established that are Mer- uh, Merlin. Uh, who is a another archer? Um, who, if we're going to follow the show continuity, because uh, I'm not the I don't I don't know too much about the character, but um, trained by Ra's al Ghul in the League of Shadows. Okay, um, and also Count Vertigo. Uh, who, uh, gosh, I, I'm not I'm not as familiar with the character, but those are the two big ones. You guys could probably do a little more research on those guys. Okay, um, kind of going back to what you said, Ian. If I could do yeah. a little a little psychoanalysis, perfect. Um, <laughs> Feel free. I think the reason that um, this kind of character resonates some sometimes more with others like yourself, but uh, in general, um, I think it has to do with the fact that you know Robin Hood still from the rich kid to the poor, yeah, like, that kind of thing. Uh, people spreading the wealth around, everybody being happy is is something you know that everybody attaches uh, attaches themselves to. You want to be that guy. Um, I mean, I don't want to get started about talking about the existence of altruism, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in general uh, it's accepted by most normal people that uh if, if everybody is you know equal everybody's pretty much happy let's not argue that but um <laughs> the whole thing about the bow and arrow i think is that it gives a handicap to the person using it yeah i mean it's a bow and arrow we invented guns for a reason you know yeah. what i mean yeah um but for somebody who can hone not only a skill but what could be argued is an art form um and then use it in an era that is thousands of years out of place um Mm. not only effectively but uh, consistently and not only that but use their resources and their and their brain power um and and uh uh, move forward and and take that ancient weapon and bring it into the modern day with like different arrows and trick shots and stuff like that it's just really cool. I mean, <laughs> it, it's something that is, um, you know, you don't see it every day. You can really only have one because it's so special. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel has Hawkeye and then, you know, DC has Green Arrow and they have the, their nemesis and stuff. But in general, those are the two mainstays because once you do it after those guys, it just becomes old hat. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so I, I feel it. I don't know if you agree with any of that. No, I do. I, I, I think the one thing I will say that I love, and even though I love Batman to death, other than his, like, I, I, I had this terrible tragedy happen to me. I don't want this to ever happen to anyone again. That's why I do what I do. His is, I feel like the Green Arrow d- does it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Because he mm-hmm. knows it's the right thing well, to do. Like like Robin Hood, Rob from the rich, give to the poor. Take Taking the everyman's side. He is the, he's the everyman. I, that, I, even though, you know, he's a billionaire, he's got all that money. He, he takes yeah, the side of the everyman. That, that makes it easy to connect. And also, I mean, th- that story is silly as you might say it, it yeah. is in terms of like, well, that'll never happen. But I think everyone likes to think, you know, okay, if I was on a desert island, I could figure it out. Like yeah. I could find a With way enough to time, you can I, c- I could find a way to survive. You know, I can fend for myself and stuff like that. I think everyone likes to think that um, they would make it, and and, and I think to, to be honest with you, for the most part, most people would because they all have that moment, like you said, where you're kind of forced to grow up, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if I want to eat. You know, and I don't know which plants I can or can't eat, or I need like you know to eat fish or something like that. I would die. You know, <laughs> I would die so fast. On an island I don't know. They have sorry. hot pockets on an island. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's just that connection of like you know it, we all have that need for survival. He did what he needed to to survive, and I think most people will kind of side with that too. You know. The one thing I do like about Green Arrow, the other thing that's kind of weird, he's he's a member of the Justice League. Uh, that's another thing we didn't really mention, but he is a member of the Justice League. But 
he's not like you know you know when you think justice league nobody thinks green arrow they think superman they think batman wonder woman flash maybe and green lantern maybe if you go that way um but even martian manhunter gets which yeah. i don't know if you guys know this but a character you can look up i'm sure we'll maybe talk about him at some point gets mentioned before green arrow <clears throat> green arrow is kind of the he's kind of a b hero but that's what i love about him is he's he's the everyman he's yeah. the underdog he's the he's the for lack of a better word the charlie brown which i, I always find myself <laughs> relating to but i think there's a really great episode of the justice league i think it's justice league unlimited there's an mm-hmm. episode of him with him where it's him and he's with a team of people who are not big name heroes. there's no like i think they're with green lantern but green lantern gets knocked out yeah so it's a bunch of like b heroes having to take down this huge yeah. monster and like a lot of them are like i don't believe in it myself i can't i can't do this and he's like no we can do this if we work together and use our skills we can do this together so the yeah. fact that he can rally a team like that and he's somebody who is like kind of like batman like although maybe not as dark but doesn't want to be part he's like i don't know if i want to be part of the justice league like yeah. why do you want me i just take care of street thugs yeah, yeah. like i don't i don't yeah. think like 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 batman does i just take care of like street thugs or people who are doing bad stuff okay so if i wanted to like find out more being that i that pretty much know as much as what we've talked about today um and i said okay well what should i read for it now as far as you know uh, individual issues and stuff like that i don't know too much you know i do know of one issue (laughs) that is uh i I remember you told me about it and i saw it in person (laughs) and it was awesome i'll let you talk about that but um you know what should i read what should we read what should it be like okay well here's a good story arc you know here's a run here's an important issue i think the issue you're referring to is the one that's pretty it's it was actually pretty in its day pretty controversial was uh the issue where it's a green lantern green arrow they actually teamed up for a while uh where they find out speedy his his robin if you will yeah. is doing drugs <laughs> and there is him injecting a needle onto uh, onto himself on the front it's on the cover my what my yeah. ward a junkie <laughs> yeah. I, I i saw that issue and it was like it wasn't the best printing of it, it was 50 bucks and i'm like you know what? I'm it was awesome it. I dude it. i needed I, to own that and say that i can i can say like look at this how weird is this that this exists i really pushed for you to buy that because i was yes. like you need to have that but in the the back of my mind i was like if he doesn't buy it i might buy it yeah, but I, re- I really hope he buys it um, because but, i don't have the money but as far as like actual ones to read um the one run that i love and it's probably because i'm an unabashed fan of this and if he hears this please thank you for helping me to become a podcaster um is uh kevin smith's run on green arrow actually uh kevin smith and phil hester i think is the other person who does the art um yes. Uh, is there's two runs he did uh, in it looks like the early 2000s um, uh, one called Quiver and the other called Sounds of Violence and these are actually ones that bring yeah. uh, actually bring Oliver Queen back to being the Green Arrow um, he uh, the, previously was um, God I can't think of the kid's name uh, right now I'm drawing a blank um, Connor Hawk Connor Hawk that's right Connor Hawk was the uh, was kind of the Green Arrow at the time kind of the n- not 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 speedy but yeah. not didn't take over the mantle Um uh, but this brings back Oliver Queen, and I think the second one is the one that introduces uh, a character that I actually love, like that they've actually created specifically for this. And then Batman has gone—he's gone to use it in his Batman work. Uh, Kevin Smith called Automatopia, yeah, which is a character that when he kills you, he doesn't say words, he doesn't say anything new, he just says the sounds, yeah, which on in your heads like that sounds really dumb, but yeah. when you're reading it on paper, if someone's holding a gun at you and they just go bang right as they shoot, you're like, why are you doing this? They just go bang. 
Like how terrifying is yeah, that? Yeah, there's something like disturbing about that. Bang! Like wow! Oh, like without yeah. saying anything, and they use that character in a couple Batman r- stories that Kevin Smith has done. But those are the two that really got me into the character and made me really, really excited. about I remember it. you told me about those and um, some, those, some of those. Some of those issues coming. you can find every now and then. Um, I you can find the find, two trades. Yeah, I've looked for the trades. Also, the trades little tough, but they are on comics. You get them digitally or order them uh, or something like that. Both of them. Yeah. Each. Yeah. The the where I got introduced to um to Green Arrow was the Green Arrow and Black Canary mm-hmm. uh in in right around the Blackest Night, but but sort of outside of that because there was Green Arrow was involved with Blackest Night and he was a colored lantern and whatever. I I love you, Alan, but I really didn't care at all about that. <laughs> um but but there was this whole run up about him and Black Canary and they had uh it, it was being written by Judd Winnick at the time. Uh, it, it just like them sort of unexpectedly teaming up and fighting together. And then eventually like there was romance and the part of me who said, I liked Archie and things like that. Like, I, I, it's, it's just adorable. Like it's they're 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 like, they're adorable like trading, it's trading like flirty quips as they like beat street thugs. Cause both black Canary and green arrow are very much like street level. Yeah. Let's, you know, these people are stealing purses from people. Let's punch them in the face a bunch of times. Although black or Canary- shoot a, you know, punching boxing. Black Canary does have a superpower. <laughs> she has like super, like she could have like supersonic screaming. voice. Like she can yeah. scream really loud. But, um, but that whole part, especially the, the art part of it was done. Um, uh, Amanda Connor did some art and she's just a fantastic artist and Cliff Chang did some art and he's also really, really good. And so, uh, that's the part that really drew me in the, the, the other, the only other really green arrow stuff that I've seen is from Batman, the brave and the bold, like yes, Alan which earlier, is good, which <laughs> is fantastic yeah. because the, it's, it's basically the two of them competing on how many people they can beat each other up. So if, if you liked that part in Lord of the Rings, Institute towers where Legolas and, uh, Gimli? and Gimli are competing with how many orcs they can take down. It was, it's, it's pretty much, it's almost like a reference to that in, in yeah. the Batman, the brave and the bold. Yeah, and it's nice. hilarious because, Batman's like, oh, look at my new Batmobile. And Green Arrow's like, oh, look at the new Arrowmobile. And Batman's like, really, Arrowmobile? That's what you got? And it's, it's, uh, it's especially because the show doesn't take itself seriously and is very funny. And right. the, the competition of the two of them, and it is fantastic. There was also on Netflix, I remember I watched a while ago, a little like animated film mm-hmm. that you'd showed there me. Is, there is, a, 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 in the series of shorts, there's one called like Superman Shazam, which is a series of little shorts they've released along with their uh, DC um kind of universe movie titles but there's one that's a small little green arrow short that does a pretty good job of kind of giving you an idea of who the character is yeah i just um, remember it was done pretty rad Count like, vertigo and merlin in there yeah <laughs> it was done pretty rad he's running through an airport and you're just like oh man he's yeah, cool it, it, it's pretty it's pretty cool to see i mean that 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 also got me a little excited i'm like oh it's cool i'm like this could totally work and then the cw is like okay it will and we're gonna make a show <laughs> it's gonna be called arrow but it should be called sexy arrow because this guy never wears a shirt that being said, <laughs> that being said, oh, I actually do. I actually oh. do watch Arrow. I was never a big fan of Smallville. It has that what I like to call the CW look of the show. I don't know how to describe it. You just know it when you see it. Is it the soap opera look? No, it's just it's just you <laughs> just can tell. It's like oh, this is a WB show. Supernatural yeah. has that same sort of look. I've but that being said, that. I've been watching. Um, arrow pretty consistently i kind of just blew through i was sick one day home from work and i was like you know what this is on i guess i'll try it and i i'm, I'm, I'm a fan i like the show it's fun i think cw shows look like they were sponsored by urban outfitters it's kind of true <laughs> like shot inside of and clothed entirely by an urban outfitters i, mean, I want to watch this now that, that being said the show continuity isn't exactly what the comics is but it gives you a general idea of the character cool. um, it give it actually even can deepen it a little bit and make it a little more modernized so. so if you're not a reader and you're tired about just hearing about this character from our voices you can actually see it 
Cool. So I think we've said all we need to say about Green Arrow. I, I could probably go on for a long time, but we're going to cut me short. Um, and we're going to jump right into the back matter. So back matter, general comic book chat. What do we have this week, gentlemen? Uh, I have I have a handful of things. Okay, um, cool. One of them, I've actually, it's just about a book that I've been reading. Yeah. Uh, I read this book uh, like yesterday, the day before, called The Hip Hop Family Tree. Uh, it's okay. written by Ed Pix- uh, Piscor. Yeah. It's written and drawn the same guy. So it's basically um, the history of hip hop. He starts nice. in the seventies in uh, the Bronx and um, and in Brooklyn and, and about like like Melly Mel and Grandmaster Flash and Africa Bambata and it's and it's it's written like the art style makes it look like a like a you know like a crappy not the, the art is not crappy but the way that's done it's slightly off register and it looks like it's a comic book from that time yeah but then nice. it's basically the history of hip hop the history of you know where the sugar hill game came from and and you know it you know russell simmons and run dmc and all this stuff and i just finished the first book which gets you even is is still pre run dmc and it's getting you to the point that uh like basically right after blondie's rapture and what happens with that but but it and it's it was just really interesting from me as like a music nerd but as comics it was really fun i really liked it Cool. Awesome. Something cool. That's pretty right. That uh, sounds like something awesome. I, I like I could just jump into or like people even who, you know, that's one of those things. It's one, it crosses over with another thing that people are really passionate about. So even if you're not like a comic book person, mm-hmm. but like you're like, oh, like I like hip hop. You can just be like, I want to find out. Yeah. And actually, uh, they it's it's ongoing and they're doing collections and printing it. But boingboing.net, which is a, um, a blog that's been around for since blogs have been around, are they serialize it weekly so there's a new page every week and i think the point that they are now they're in the the early 90s like sort of nwa phase of things nice. so it's oh, cool. really interesting yeah i think the Chewie, you have a really good point and it's like one of those uh things that demonstrates the uh it's uh, the versatility of comics mm-hmm. you know comics are not just for superheroes and they're not just for true obscure uh japanese you know manga or something like that it, yeah. it is pronounced manga yeah uh <laughs> it, it's for it, whatever you want it to be you can literally make a comic about anything um it's just sequential art that tells a story or conveys information yeah yeah that's, but it, that's it's, pretty it's i really I like it, it it's super well done um it's not uh, fantagraphics is publishing it but like i said you can look at it on point on point boing so something I wanted to bring up, um, it might be a little bit of old news, um, but kind of wanted to see throw this out there and kind of see what you guys thought about it. Um, so I've got this article uh, here. It's actually on Marvel's uh, website. Um, it's actually from late last year, but they're talking about how uh, Disney and Marvel kind of have talked with Netflix about doing a... Uh, series of four different short um, series of heroes mm-hmm. um, as like a Netflix exclusive, like, oh, cool. you know, like so series in there. Um, the four heroes they are kind of uh, concentrated on is okay. they, the, the series is going to be focused on Daredevil, followed by a Jessica Jones series, oh, yeah, followed by that. an Iron Fist, and then finally a Luke Cage. Oh, awesome. Oh, so the, the so minimum... Good. The minimum that they have done, they they've Netflix has committed to a minimum of four 13 episode series and a culminating Marvel's The Defenders yes. miniseries event oh, that wow. reimagines the dream team. Um, so they're kind of focused in like Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. You know, oh, right yeah. there. So I don't know a whole lot about Daredevil, uh, a little tiny bit of Luke Cage and Iron Fist. You know, you kind of talked about them. Um, I've never 
heard anything about Jessica Jones. So my question to you guys, probably having a lot more knowledge on this is, you know, what's this going to look like? Can this work? Is this going to go beyond the minimum contract, especially because, you know, now you have a show like Arrow on on TV. So you're taking, like you said, kind of, for lack of better words, more of a B type hero mm. and he's more got like a tv C, show yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey <laughs> come on now and we'll cw yeah oh, um make but, c's winners that's what the but i mean that for. that seems to be going and people you know seem to like it and stuff like that um you know all this stuff is rising so they've had success with like house of cards and orange is the new black and stuff like that i'm sure i'm so pretty sure that what's that one show that they had on there they brought back that everyone loves arrested what is that show oh, arrested <laughs> Development. Yeah, yeah but um <laughs> You know, <laughs> I was talking about the like uh, the original ones. You know, yeah, yeah, I no, mean, I sure. guess you could say yeah, that no, one I know, was, but, but they've had success. With so that. yeah, they have the the snail cartoon. It's true, Turbo. they do. So they with did. with that stuff, I mean, like, is this what, what do you guys think? I okay, I will watch it if done right. Daredevil can be fantastic. Yeah. Unfortunately, the people who made that movie with Ben Affleck did not think that uh it wasn't it wasn't that ben affleck or any of the actors were particularly terrible at least in, when i remember seeing it yeah but i just feel like it, they didn't understand the character well, but this is to be fair that wasn't marvel who yeah was this is that marvel. That's true that's what i'm saying so like that, that that's what i'm saying but that's people's perception of daredevil so whenever i say i like daredevil to somebody who doesn't know what comics are like a ben affleck movie i'm like <sighs> the comics are good. <laughs> I'm really excited for Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. and I know a couple other people who are excited yeah. with me, but Iron Fist getting his own spotlight is going to be so fantastic. Yeah. Um, talking about Batman characters, I mean, Danny Rand, who's yeah. also another giant billionaire company owner, uh-huh. but he gets, he goes to like a Shaolin temple and gets mystical powers and becomes like this Kung Fu legend. It's so yeah, it's cool. Awesome. I mean, it's like, rad. and uh, the character itself is just re- really interesting to me. So I'm excited for that part. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm stirred. Luke Cage. To, yeah. yeah that, I'll let you talk Luke about Cage. that. Cause uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, the majority of my knowledge of, of Luke Cage and Iron Fist come from the, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Ultimate cartoon, Spider-Man which is fantastic by the way, because in that heroes uh, for hire, yeah. No, in in Ultimate, I'm sorry, Ultimate Spider-Man TV show. Uh, uh, in that, Danny Rand is like this California surfer dude who's like, dude, namaste. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do a really good job of like kidding him up appropriately, but in a good way. Yeah, and uh, and but I just you know, Luke Cage, Power Man feels. I don't know. He feels so underused in yeah. the Marvel universe the- because he's this like like superhero he's like avengers level captain america level yeah like superhero, he has super in, strong indestructible skin, indestructible yeah. skin and they're always like oh power man you go over there whatever <laughs> the majority of my knowledge of power man luke cage and uh you know uh iron fist is actually from the current marvel now run of like deadpool um you know they do make appearances in there and um it, it's really cool but it, it definitely has that deadpool you know sprinkling on it so i'm like i wonder how much of this is true to their actual story type so i'm, I'm interested to see that and we're totally passing over jessica jones yeah, here. I, yeah. Like, I don't oh, know anything about tumblr is losing really. its collective tell mind me. right now mm-hmm. we're not talking about the woman well, um, you tell me tell but me. uh <laughs> you get that joke right um <laughs> So Jessica Jones is basically, uh, she has the same power set as Luke Cage does. Uh-huh. Um, she's indestructible, super That's strength, true. and she's married to Luke Cage. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, they, I don't know if they're going to start with that. Um, I don't know if they're going to start with that, but uh, if they... Oh, they're married. <laughs> um, they'll probably start it off and then they'll kind of, that'll be their romance link. will mm. be Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Um, they do eventually get married and have a kid. Um Squirrel Girl is its babysitter. And um, 
<laughs> squirrel girl. And uh, and so I think that's going to be really interesting that you're going to have, um, you know, you're going to have Daredevil, and he's going to get a second chance at, at at being written on a TV show. You're going to have Iron Fist, who's like pretty much out of left field, you know, but yeah. he gets a fresh start, and he's got a really cool power set. You get. Um, a sort of minority character in Luke Cage yeah. and this sort of C-list pushed off to the side, but he's going to get a spotlight and mm-hmm. represent sort of this minority thing. And, uh, and then you have the woman who is, you know, <laughs> I, and I hate to see it, but I mean, this is how it, this is the reason they pick these characters. Don't yeah. tell yeah. me it's not. No, um, I don't disagree. Well, and they all sort of, they, all of them sort of came about right around the same time in yeah. the, in the mid seventies. And that's right. very socially conscious characters. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that in, but yeah, here's the thing: teams. is it's going to be done in a sense that it, Marvel has a good head. Of, I mean, if they get a good writer, mm-hmm. Marvel has the sense to make sure that all of those things that I just mentioned, for those reasons, get thrown out the window, and you get character development oh, yeah. in these shows. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think that and that's a nice thing. Other than Daredevil, which even I would say is minimal. Nobody really had nobody in the main populace has any really a big attachment to those characters. Kind of like with Iron Man, like people are like, oh, that guy. I've seen what he looks like, but no one really gave a rip about iron man and all of a sudden this movie comes out that's amazing and people are like this character's great like oh my gosh like where was he all along i'm getting like, an iron man tattoo yeah <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i don't want to go quite that far yeah he was b-list before but, the movie but yeah I, I'm, I'm interested i'm interested to see that i mean i, I know that there are th- i don't know uh, i don't know i can't remember off the top of my head but i think abc is also going to be green greenlighting some more shows based off yeah. of the well, show it's, it's ABC of marvel it's all sort yeah, of yeah it's all kind of together there um so this is going to be starting in 2015 that's where that's it's going to kick off and like i said it's going to be starting with daredevil but that's that's huge dude the, the deal is four 13 episode series followed by one mini series right there and that's yeah. that's the minimum right now that's what they've done and i guess depending on how that goes that could even go further so i i'm looking forward to it. i think that's, that's awesome. a huge that's Keep in awesome. mind that this is only available on netflix though that's so true. it's really exactly. good enough it's not abc prime time you know i mean no, it's, it's only gonna be available to people who are paying eight dollars a month to watch netflix yeah. oh no eight dollars the, the only month but, for but here's what i think yeah, too. some people can't do it I'm that's just true that's here's true. what i think too because those heroes are untested and you know like not a lot of people are like oh i'm gonna watch a show about daredevil or you know power man it's like who's power man they don't know you know so it's I think it's smart because they're going to be starting there. You can do a little bit more with that. And um, depending on how that goes, you know, they might, instead of saying, okay, we're, we're going to stay exclusively on Netflix and stuff like that. If they choose to, you know, tack on some more stuff afterwards, you know, they might say, okay, well, let's take it to a network, you know, and actually broadcast it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I have uh, some other news. Uh, Speaking of movies and TV shows and that kind of thing. um, Yep. Apparently, Gal Gadot, who is the name uh-huh. of Wonder Woman, yes. yep. got signed for a three-movie deal. Wow. Ooh. So, two questions for you guys. One is, how do you feel about that? Okay. And two is, how do you feel about this whole signing up for three movies at a time thing? I mean, this seems to be happening a lot. Uh, a, I feel great now that I've heard her say, oh, yeah, I'm going to totally be bulked up and like ripped, which I'm like, okay, good, because that's what we were, our concern was. Like, you're just going to be a, a skinny, like, not, but you're not going to be representing the character appropriately, regardless of whatever your view is on bodily image. But she wouldn't be representing the character as it appears in the comic books appropriately. But now that she is going to be doing that, I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, thing number two, I think that's a good idea because uh, obviously they're planning for 
keeping. I mean, they had that problem. Look, they looked at Marvel. They go, okay, they can't keep Robert Downey Jr. down. They have to pay him all this money more than anybody else to keep him being Iron Man to keep the people coming in. So they're probably saying, let's just nip it in the bud. Let's give you a three movie deal. We're going to make him anyway. It's probably going to make its money back because it's 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 a major character. So let's do it. That's that's kind of my thought of where Warner Brothers is going with that. Uh, I mean, if you think of the history of movies in the last especially in the last couple of years everything's a trilogy all the time oh yeah so it would be stupid for them not to sign a three movie deal with her even if they don't end up making those three movies uh but at the same time i mean don't forget that that in the past they have uh, you know warner and, and different movie studios have signed people for deals and then it falls through and then falls through or or you know specifically kick them out for instance, in uh, the first 1989 Batman movie, Billy D. Williams played Harvey Dent. For oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and then signed a deal to play Harvey Dent later. And then later they had to like pay him a bunch of money so that they could have Tommy Lee Jones come in and destroy that character. Uh, <laughs> he's but, not a bad actor. Yeah, I'm going to blame okay. it on Joel. I, I've seen some good things with Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> well, no, it? He's won an Academy Award. Yes, he has. Okay. I don't care. But, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like a three movie deal is, that's not a surprise at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the fact in, in generalities, you know, I think I think that's pretty cool because it just shows that commitment to like, okay, well, we have a more long term plan, you know, not so much a okay, well, this is what's going to happen right now. So to me, what this says, and I mean, I know there's a lot of buzz around it because the release date of the Batman Superman thing got pushed back, but to me, what this says is, okay, well, we know she's going to be in the you know Man of Steel to Batman Superman thing. Um, which is looking more to be like adding maybe more characters. They've heard rumors yeah. of Aquaman, yeah. heard but, rumors of a John Stewart Green Lantern maybe being in there. And, and here's 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 the thing. I, I think we'll you know all those people are being cast. I have my own theories about that. The way that I think this three movie deal for her kind of goes down is she's in that movie, she's in a Justice League movie, and then her own, her own, in, in whatever order her, her own, see fit. in whichever order you know. But I, I see it as being three separate films, like that. One is an individual, one is ensemble, and one is kind of like a, an an appearance. Now, because I haven't watched enough of her films, I can't be like, oh yeah, that's awesome. They locked her in, but. You know, I, that's the way I see it. It just shows that they're really planning ahead, and I think that's awesome that they're kind of thinking in the future. Yeah. Um, just kind of real quick before I, uh, before we move on, um, do you think it's a good idea for for Warner Brothers to be? I mean, Warner Brothers was really against even putting Wonder Woman in anything because they didn't think it would sell. You know, whatever. Do you think that because once they put somebody in the in the seat? And then people started like making rumblings about it. Do you think they have a little more faith in it now, and that triggered their decision to go with three movies? Because it seems like they're they're completely backtracking. Oh no, no, we totally have faith in this. That's why we're signing them for three movies where they didn't at all in the beginning. I think that there was always the plan to have that. Obviously, she's going to be in a Justice League movie. Maybe having her coming in in this next, you know, Man of Steel film was kind of something they're like oh well people are kind of you know wondering where her own film is so you know maybe this is something we can kind of introduce her a little bit give people a taste kind of see how they react to that and you know whatever their justice league plan is and then you know maybe from there my feeling is going to be she'll be in that some sort of justice league and then after that give her her own i don't think her own will come before a justice league but i think it's kind of more of that third film is like the retainer but the wonder woman book currently the the new 52 one 
seems to be selling. Mm-hmm. People seem to like it. Yeah, um, Superman Wonder Woman book now. They they've started. got a Superman Wonder Woman book. Um, you know, you've got that oh, buzz, yeah, that, like you said. That whole so Wonder Woman boyfriend girlfriend thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think people are responding hands. to it and kind of making that connection a little bit more now than they were really before, nice. where they're just kind of being like, okay, well, yeah, what about Wonder Woman? What about her? And I think. Once they're seeing that people have that interest, they're just kind of saying like, you know what, you know, this has some legs and people will go to see it. I, I think that Hollywood a lot has severely underestimates the female fan base for things like this. And I think yeah, that this is a way, I bet you somebody finally was just like, hey, Man, do you guys know this? Games. Girls like comic books? Do you guys know this? It's weird. I thought it was only boys. Did you hear about this movie, The Hunger Games? Yeah. yeah I mean, girl a lot of girls it? really not, like not even, this. Not even that, too. Like, I, I picked up the new Wonder Woman book and I started yeah. reading it. And well, stuff I like love that. the character of Wonder Woman. Yeah. I, I think it's good. I think a strong female like that is is exactly what we need. I'm serious. Like, a yeah. strong female. That's a strong female role model that boys and boys and and. and I've always had Batman and, and Superman. And, I mean, Ryan, I'm sure you could even attest to this mm. just recently. You experienced something like sort of like this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was playing, um, you know, superheroes with my kids and my daughter's like, Dad, how come we have all these Batman and Iron Man and stuff, but why don't we have any girl heroes? Yep. And so for Christmas, obviously, she got a she got a Wonder Woman. She also got a Harley Quinn. Uh, but that was that's that good. What we find. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's that, and then there's gonna be the Jessica Jones. So there there you go. Yeah, well, yeah. we're, we're getting there, that and, that, and that's good. I, I mean, that, and that's that's good. To me. The real quick thing I have to add to back matter is just something exciting that I'm excited about because you know my love of Grant Morrison. Yes. Uh, and especially when they do those DC direct animated, they're doing a Batman and Son, which is the uh, Damien origin uh, with like Ra's al Ghul. Oh, and cool. If you want to go really 90s man bats in there. Yeah. <laughs> but they're doing an animated feature of it. But it was it was those first those first Grant Morrison mm-hmm. issues with have him doing Batman. Son um, of Batman's punk. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, was, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what they're cool. doing. I excited. love this DC animated so watch the trailer it's online it's pretty cool speaking of uh and this is this maybe we'll wrap up back matter with this sure um the speaking of new things that are coming out image had a uh, an expo yes um, a <laughs> the little one bit day earlier expo? this month yes. um and so they announced just a just a crazy amount of stuff and i'm, I'm looking at a, a a big rundown of of the major announcements yes um, read them off so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read off some of the ones that that mattered to me the most brandon graham is is starting a new fantasy series that he's sharing with a bunch of friends like uh, marion churchill and stuff like that cool brandon graham wrote king city uh, oh awesome Ooh, nice. there you go. um uh, matt fraction is launching a new comic called odyssey which seems like a sci-fi reverse gender version of the odyssey which cool is curious. Okay. Like he's also fraction. moving his uh his incredible book Casanova back to image from Marvel icon. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick is working on a new book. Um, That's his wife, correct? Yeah. Uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey announced a new book called the wicked and the divine, which I'm a little sad that it's not a phonogram book, but that's still really exciting. Bill Willingham is teaming up with uh, Barry Kitson for a magical comic called restoration. Scott Snyder and jock are making a book called witches. It's going to be a horror comic. I'm excited Um, about that. And it looks like they signed Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips to a do whatever we want five year deal. <laughs> nice. oh, yes. these, these are the guys who made a hundred bullets and have been writing yeah. Fatali and stuff like that. And, this is and, weird because uh, in that whole list, I've yet to hear the word Kirkman. 
in any yeah, way. It's weird. Yeah, it's I yeah. think he, he did. He, I think I don't know if he made a. I mean, he's probably busy. He's got what three series going on right now with them. Yeah, so I'm like sure that. he's got plenty to um, do to, on that new book tie-in sort of thing. New uh-huh. Punisher coming out. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I saw. I got to see the little pre- the previews are out there and like the art. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. It, you said Ian that it was kind of reminiscent. The At least cover the cover looks like Metal Gear Solid. Looks like, like Metal the, Gear the Solid. Looks, um, like it has that kind of like kind of like see through like opaque like yeah. kind of bluish gray. It's, it, it's it looks pretty rad. And uh, you know, definitely there at the heart of it, there's Punisher. I kind of saw the first few pages, and it's like, yeah, it's a Punisher book. But uh, he moves away from New York and actually hits the West Coast over here in L.A. So that answered my question. That they answered my question as, where's the Marvel heroes in L.A. like right now, right now? Um, There's. (laughs) (laughs) um, So that girl Hawkeye is in L.A. right now. That's true. Well, um, so that's something new there, and uh, yeah. So speaking of new books, uh, it is about time for us to wrap up this uh, issue of Four Color Commentary. But before we go, we want to announce the books that we will be bringing next time so you guys can get a head start and kind of follow along with us. So let's go around the circle. Alan, what are you going to be bringing next time? I am bringing you guys some Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. This is a really fun book, and I'm really happy that we can finally read it. So we realized after we recorded this that Alan didn't actually say the uh, name of the book he was... uh, he was bringing so I went ahead and I got the information from him uh, and sorry about the audio quality of this uh, I'm recording it after the fact and before I post the episode uh, so the book is Annihilation Conquest 6 Star-Lord uh, Star-Lord so it's a one of four looks like a little mini series uh, if I'm correct so anyway uh, that is it so if you want to be specific about that book that Alan's reading that is the one I'm really stoked that uh, you, you said that I've actually gotten a little bit of feedback being like hey man like Guardians of the Galaxy movies coming out. I don't know anything about it. I want to find out. So cool, perfect. That's cool. Chewy, what are you bringing next time? Um, I'm gonna bring a book that I think um, a lot of people just kind of thought it was a little bit more underrated, but I, I fell in love with it right away. It's called Deathmatch. It's put okay. out by Boom. It's uh, done by Paul Jenkins and Carlos Magno. Okay. But it's a uh, it's a real rip roaring adventure. Okay. Well, I sadly, Alan, am going to be bringing a death Batman match book. number one. By the oh, way, de- death match number one. I'm going to be bringing a Batman book, Alan. But it's Batman Beyond 2.0. It's a digital exclusive that is written, being written by Kyle Higgins, who currently writes Nightwing. And I know that you have. I, I know that obviously Bat Chat is not around anymore. I was going to bring Batman Beyond. Is like, but you like Batman Beyond? That's a I Batman. Love, I love me some Batman Beyond. Yeah, because so it's Spider Man mixed with Batman. That's why this may be good. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I am enjoying it. It kind of has a kind of a sort of look to uh, like the animated series. So we'll check it out and see what you think. I'm excited. Ryan, what are you bringing next time? Uh, I am bringing uh, Colin Coover and Paul Tobin's. Uh, oh my gosh, my brain just emptied it was like a toilet was being flushed what is the name of this book <laughs> bandette sorry jeez uh, i'm bringing it's a book called bandette it is about a uh manic pixie dream girl sort of uh, like also a, <laughs> uh, and french so. all right well guys uh that wraps us up for another episode of four color commentary but before we go as always we want to remind you of something important and today we're going to remind you to keep your splash pages on the even numbered pages how many times do i have to tell you this I'm Alan. I'm Chewy. I'm Ian. I'm Ryan. Stay near mids, everybody. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.